What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And before we start this show, I just wanted to make a real quick announcement. So, powerful Ryan Kimmel did get uh, powerful Matt Kane from the UK. He's flying him over here for the MKA painting class. So you've all been waiting for, uh, that everybody's been talking about. Uh, September 2nd to the 6th, Ryan is going to have Matthew Kane here in the States. He's got two spots open left in his class. Uh, we talked a little bit on the show. This is going to be held in Columbus, Indiana. It's going to be the tank course, and it's also going to be his, uh, his infantry course. Now, the way Ryan has it split up, he actually has uh, the first two days, September 2nd and 3rd, are going to be the tank course. That's a Sunday and a Monday. And then you get Wednesday off. This is going to have some Gabe going on. And then the third day is a free day. Kind of like that's, well, that's that Tuesday to do that free everything. And then the fourth and fifth day, Wednesday and Thursday, that's going to be the infantry course. Uh, it's $135 should cover both classes. Uh, we did want to make an announcement on here because there is two spots left. Uh, so if you do have any, if you, you do want to purchase a ticket or anything like that, uh, give powerful Ryan Kimmel, send a message, Ryan at warmer 30 K.com and he can get you taken care of. All right. Just want to make that announcement. Here's the show guys. This is an emergency broadcast from radio free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the black sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Bolton and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And welcome to episode 105 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co host, powerful Derek, here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. Despite the universe's best efforts, we're recording. <laughs> and we also have powerful Scott. Go and say what's going on, Scott. I just do what I'm told. What's <laughs> going on, Scott? And of course, powerful Ryan Kimmel. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. No, fuck that. I've already said it three fucking times. Get over yourself. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is the third time we're trying this opening right now uh, because we had some technical difficulties. So, eh, we're here. And so I feel like our second one was probably the best one out of all of them, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. If you're hearing this, then we're not having further issues. So, Yeah. So anyway, we definitely have a. If you're great that show curious, you. pay us a fucking dollar and join the patron and watch the live chat in the <laughs> podcast thing. There you go. <laughs> then you could have. Six then you could have seen all of our mistakes and failure. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we do have our live chat with us. Uh, we, the The live stream is going right now for our patron subscribers. We'll see if they have anything to chime in. I feel like they do. Uh, they'll always have something to say. Let's see who we got. So, anyway, we got a normal episode for you boys. Uh, we're going to do our classic uh, hobby progress, followed by emails, followed by list. Uh, we have a couple of lists coming out. We got a Thousand Sun list and a World Eater list. Uh, first thing we're doing is Indiana, Texas tourism. You missed that. Oh, we also have Indiana, Texas tourism. We did get an email a while back from a UK traveler or European traveler coming to the States. And, uh, you know. So. We're not going to do just Indiana. We're going to do Kentucky Anna. Oh, right. oh my goodness! The how, we need to get some some money back from the tourist board on that one. So <laughs> fucking good luck getting that from this state. 
So. Yeah, just go on past that abandoned coal mine, turn left at the yeah. meth house. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen our drove on the roads at this day by chance, but not exactly a lot of money floating around for a bunch of anything. <laughs> so very welcoming for European travelers, it sounds like. Yeah, man. I've seen potholes that were like worse than the fucking bomb craters you find outside of Kabul, for fuck's sake, but. So, any European travelers, first word of advice, get a uh, 4x4 vehicle if you will be in Kentucky, is what it sounds like. Yeah. So. Nah, you'd anyway. be all right. We're exaggerating. I've, uh, I've seen some live PD where they actually go to, uh, they go over that bridge that connects Indiana and Kentucky, and even that had some road construction that looked terrifying. <laughs> so. Like... What is a pothole on a bridge, sir? That is just a hole. A hole of death. <laughs> That's rushing water beneath you. We, we all see it. Yeah. Nobody's saying anything, but we see it. That's a, that's a pitfall. <laughs> they just cover it with, like, they open up a newspaper and just lay it over there just to get rid of a few homeless people. Yeah. That's all that it's for. Homeless vagrants walking around at night. <laughs> right through the bridge. Got another one. Put a fucking patch of like dead leaves over top of it. Yeah, <laughs> dead leaves do it here. Then lay a half-eaten Twinkie on it. See you later. <laughs> Put a dollar on top of that newspaper. We'll solve the homeless problem. <laughs> yeah, they'll get shipped down to Mississippi. <laughs> I don't know which river runs through Indiana that that bridge is over, but I assume it goes Ohio. down Ohio. The Ohio River. And then it runs into the Mississippi and then down. So, yeah, you got it. Bam! Close <laughs> enough. Geography, boys. <laughs> so, what do y'all want to start with, man? Do you want to start with our opening, or do y'all want to start about tourism? Because we're pretty deep in the tourism chat. We got to do tourism. Let's do it. So, read the email. I sent you the email. All right. So, our European traveler sent us this nice little email telling us that he's coming in. It says, this comes from Mark. It says, hey, Ryan, I hope this email finds you well. I'm looking at building up a Mechanicum Cybernetica list to blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm also looking at visiting the States again with the wife and listening to yours and the Aussies podcast. It sounded like you had an absolute blast of a time. Uh, could you recommend places to visit in Texas and Indiana LG and when we visit? I don't know what the Indiana LG stands for, but but he wants to know places to recommend in Texas and Indiana. And so we're going to throw Kentucky in there because naturally it sounds like they'd be in there. And I'm assuming you know, Mark, because it sounds like you've actually been to America before, but Indiana and Texas aren't that close. Like, it's not like... No, no, they're not. <laughs> it's like an 18-hour by car drive. So I would, I mean, being in Texas... I would suggest, if you had the choice between going to Indiana and Texas, I would suggest Indiana. I like Indiana a lot more than I like Texas. There's less stuff here. Yeah, there's there's way less fun to do in Texas. I don't know, maybe if I just, like, I overlook stuff and, like, maybe there is fun stuff to do that I don't really see. No, no, no. How, how are you saying there's less stuff in Texas than Indiana? It doesn't even no, make I mean, any sense to me right how now. How big Texas is? <laughs> I, I, yeah, but like, I mean, what, like, what is there? To, like, we don't have a big cat rescue. We don't have a wolf rescue. You We've got, got our Texas listeners are emailing you right now. 
That's good. Like it's good. because you just own those things as pets. Like you just <laughs> yeah, have you ever googled it? House. Are you sure you don't have? They supposedly you got more tigers in Texas than the rest of the world. How the fuck can't you go see them? Let's see. Let's see what we got. Let's see. I know we got a snow monkey rescue, and you can't even go and shoot monkeys there. That's bullshit. <laughs> you can't go down to the animal rescue and shoot the animals they rescued. <laughs> Is this where I go kill well, me, monkeys? I think that's pretty fucked up. Let me tell you a little bit about Indiana. There was a book that we found that said 125 things to do in Indiana. Me and my wife counted. 72 of those were food. Just saying. <laughs> oh, there is a big cat rescue. There you go. There's like four of them in Dallas alone. There What's you go. What are y'all doing over there, John? <laughs> Why do y'all have so many tigers? <laughs> So anyway, what are, you, what are you up to, John? What are you really up to? <laughs> oh God, the, the chat. Fuck Michael. <laughs> are you from Texas? Going to kick Michael out of Texas? Talking all kinds of shit. How can you be from Texas and not recommend visiting? So Indiana is for the food. Okay, yeah. So anyway, there's not really. I mean, look, I like Texas. I've been here all my entire life. Our beaches aren't great. There's no. We don't have. A, do we have good beaches, Derek? be honest uh not locally but where are the good beaches at mexico yeah that's right <laughs> south padre isn't, that's isn't corpus christi south, like south full Texas. of drunk sluts and stuff like isn't that what happens during the summer there you're thinking of spring break and that's port o'connor port aransas and so i guess if you want to come here and like yeah it's uh, it's almost like uh like florida where people get crazy but there you go it's it's, I mean, but like, it's, it's like, it's, it's stupid. You see the stupid fabled American sloot in her natural habitat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like all the fun stuff. Like we got Six Flags. Six Flags kind of cool. Hell yeah. Like if you want to oh, go fuck, to we got park. that. We got yeah. Kings Island. We got fucking Six Flags. We got Kentucky Kingdom. We got fucking Holiday World. We got a million theme parks here. Look, so. we got, we got some okay beaches. Not great beaches, but they're Okay. We got good saltwater fishing. If you want saltwater fishing, we got oh, good saltwater yeah. fishing. Uh, what else do we have? We have, we have hurricane season coming up. We got hurricane season. If you want to ride out a hurricane, we take you there. Do that. It's a good one. Um, let's see what Josh says. Josh Natat said, "No one drives an Indiana edition truck." There's Texas. And there's everything else. Yeah, no. Uh, we got some good truck dealerships here. If you're looking to buy a truck, get you a good price on that. Uh, we've got some pretty cool oil fields you can go to and watch the flares at night. Uh, what else? We've got I San mean, Antonio. we got the Alamo, but that's boring. I, yeah, I, well, I'd say the best thing to do as far as like tourist stuff, I think the Riverwalk in San Antonio would be really dope. Yeah, Riverwalk in San Antonio is beautiful. Like, but I, I don't know a lot of like tourist stuff to do locally, though. Yeah, I just I, f- I feel like we've been here so long that I overlook all the fun stuff. Because like, when Tim and Michael were here, I thought they were going to be extremely bored. And, but they had a good time. Wide eyed at the trains. Yeah, wide eyeing our trains. If you want to see big trains, we got big trains. Maybe they don't double stack trains in your local area, and maybe that blows your mind. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Like, Fan and Battlegrounds is cool, but only if you're like into history and stuff like that. They've got a room you could rent at the Presidio at La Bahia. Yeah, that's a. If you like ghost stories, and a stuff haunted like ass room. Uh, what else? Well, the room is safe, but the rest of the ground is haunted. What else? I'm trying to think, man. Like, like where I would take somebody that came down. Um, Houston's huge. Like, Houston's a massive city, so you can really find anything to do there. Uh, but I don't know, man. 
Dallas-Fort Worth is so popular, we needed four toll roads all crossing. <laughs> yeah. Dallas is nice. I mean, I like Dallas, but, I mean, you can go to Cowboy Stadium. That's all right. Well, I mean, Dallas-Fort Worth is such a oh, sorry. Area. You can find something to do up there. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sh- not as familiar with that area, but. You see Longhorns, you can ride go horses. To, go to Cowboy Stadium and do the old time-honored tradition of watching Tony Romo shatter his fucking collarbone for like the fourth <laughs> year in a row. <laughs> Tony Romo be mediocre and then be proclaimed as one of the best quarterbacks ever. Overrated. <laughs> Watch old Kit Kat bones go, <laughs> go break something. Uh, so we got Big Ben National Park, which is actually a really pretty park. It's massive. It's good, good fun time. Uh, San Antonio River Walk, like Derek said. We got the Alamo Mission in San Antonio. If you want to go see the Alamo, uh, it is way smaller in person than it seems like it is in the history books. It's nothing great. Padre Island is a fantastic beach to go to. It's beautiful, but you got to go way south and chances are you'll run into some cartel stuff going on there. We got the cartel. The cartel's here. That's kind of cool. You need some drugs? Yeah. Uh, And beheadings? Yeah. If you're a big fan of automatic weapon fire? Uh, Zilker Park in Austin, that is a fantastic park. It's a a badass park. There's tons of stuff. Always hipster stuff going on at Zilker Park. Uh, What else? (laughs) Lady Bird Lake. Uh, Texas State Capitol, that's not fun. Like, that's not a fun place to go see. It's a beautiful building, but it's not fun. Uh, Enchanted Rock. No fun is had there. That, <laughs> yeah, Enchanted Rock is, like, way west Texas. That's, like, uh, probably an 11-hour drive from where I'm at right now. That yeah, If you weren't aware, Texas is fucking huge. Yeah, it's massive. It's uh, probably bigger than your country. Enchanted Rock is, like, this low-light pollution, like, hardcore place to go see all the stars and everything like that. It's actually a really nice park, but it is way too far. Uh, Where was it in Texas that had, like, the, the like, orbs, the lights? Uh, I don't think it's Enchanted Rock. I think that's uh, Marfa? Marfa Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like uh, paranormal shit, that's one thing to go check out. Yeah, there's Moody Gardens, which they always have some... It's like a giant museum... Uh, they always got some exhibit going on. Uh, let's see. SeaWorld. You can go watch whales get beat. Uh, Six Flags. You know, whatever. Oh, we got the Space Center in Houston. That's fun. So we got the Houston Space Center. If you want to go inside the actual shuttle and all that jazz with the giant 747 holding the shuttle, they'll show you what the uh, the old boosters look like. They're insane. They're massive. But, you know. Whatever. <laughs> I've never been. It's good. It's good. Tower of the Americas, crap. Uh, Barton Springs, nice. I'm actually going through a list of things to do in Texas and like trying to trying to like <laughs> maybe don't go visit Dealey Plaza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can go see some historic Dealey Plaza, but yeah, uh, fucking John F. Kennedy got his <laughs> mushroom cap peeled back, but. <laughs> Uh, back into the left back to the left so we got the uss lexington in in corpus christi which a lot of the people coming to heresy camp i recommend like if you have some spare time you want to go ahead and just hop in a car together and like spend a day drive 30 minutes and go to uh corpus christi and you can go actually see the uss lexington it's parked right there it's a giant aircraft carrier right on the side of of corpus christi super nice 
Uh, and if you're a small child, you can run around there and get lost and get yelled at by some military guys. Yeah, and they'll tell you stories about ghosts and shit that may or may not be there. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's the things you can do in Texas. I mean, you can come hang out, see us, go to Goldmine Games. That's where we took. Oh yeah, Tim and Michael. But you know, tell us what to do in Indiana, Ryan. All your fun well, stuff. Well, he's listened to the Eye of Horus episode, so he heard everything I did with those guys. So, what I didn't go over on there, because like I went over the Big Cat place, we went over to Ohio to the Indian Mounds, which that's in a different state. We have Indian Mounds here too, but Serpent Mounds are supposedly the best uh, in the United States. We went ahead and drove over to Ohio to see that. But there are some here in Indiana. Um, there's a big... So, in addition to the big cat rescue, we have a wolf rescue place. And if you sign up beforehand and fill out all the appropriate waivers, you can actually get in with the wolves. And uh, they'll like come up to you and sit in your lap and shit, and you can pet them. Maybe kill you. Who knows? Maybe kill but... you. <laughs> you do have to sign waivers. I don't think there's been any deaths there. But there's some pretty entertaining pictures online of, like, people sitting and like a wolf sitting next to them and it's like twice their size it's pretty funny because people don't realize how big a fucking gray wolf is <laughs> not small not small. no they're big they're like 200 pounds um so you can do that we have tons of cool uh state parks and national parks like our woods are really pretty here um so if you come where the leaves are on the trees i would not recommend at all coming here winter time it's shitty do not do that um, you want to be here probably between June, June and August. Now, the closer you get to August, the hotter it gets. So Indi- Indiana in August is probably 85 or 90 with a hundred percent humidity. So it feels like you're drowning as you try to breathe. Um, it's not the most pleasant thing. A lot of people can't handle that. Um, but it is what it is. Um, it doesn't bother me too much. I'm, you know, grew up here. So like I said, I'm pretty immune. Uh, our food here is pretty great. If I have to say so myself, I've traveled to a lot of places. I don't think very many places top the food here. We just, we got that fucking down. I don't know why. I don't know why a lot of good food here is here, but it is. So, I can definitely tell you all the good restaurants <laughs> to oh, you eat. Know what? Uh, you know what? Speaking of food, man, uh, Franklin's Barbecue in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah that that'll <laughs> blow your mind. That'll that'll lay you back down and, and blow your damn mind. Franklin's Barbecue in Austin is probably hands down the best barbecue. If you come to Texas for some reason over Indiana after we just undersold Texas, <laughs> make sure that you go to Austin and go to Franklin's Barbecue. You're gonna have to wait in line, like it's going to be. You have to get there at like eight o'clock, actually probably like seven o'clock, and you won't be able to eat till eleven. But it's totally worth it. Like it's it's such good barbecue. It's insane. Like it's true Texas barbecue, and I have never had better barbecue in my life. And I'm like, I legitimately was like, this is crap. I'm not gonna wait in line for fucking barbecue. And then, oh my god, was I wrong? It's totally worth it. So anyway, back to you, Ryan. Yeah. So I mean, we've talked about Indiana food a lot. If you've listened to this podcast, you probably know about tenderloins and whatnot. So, 
We got that. Um, down in southern Indiana. So northern Indiana is really flat and boring, in my opinion. So central and southern Indiana, the further south you get, the prettier it gets. Um, it gets a lot more hilly. There's a lot more trees. That's where all the parks and stuff are at. Um, if you cross the border into Kentucky, that area of Indiana and northern Kentucky is really nice. The river runs through there, the Ohio River. And there's like real pretty hills and valleys and trees and shit on each side. Um, Scott lives right across the river in Louisville, and there's a ton of shit to do right there. There's all kinds of museums, aquariums, uh, shit to see. Um, they also, Mammoth Cave is right there. It's the largest cave system in the world. Um, it's actually really cool. If you get a chance, go to that. Uh, you can spend it, a whole day there easy. And uh, it kind of combines all those aspects of what I was saying, like how we have the pretty national parks and forests, because there's all kinds of hiking trails and stuff. It's in the middle of a big national forest so you can get like see what that's all about and see what i'm talking about there while also going and visiting the cave and seeing all that it's pretty neat um this area is known for limestone caves there's another one in indiana called moringo caves that's uh said to be one of the like has the coolest formations in it it's one of the prettier cave systems uh in the world as far as like rock formations on the inside of it um Trying to think what else. There's something else I was going to say. Oh, downtown here in Indianapolis, uh, we got Scott's been there a few times. We got like the world's best children's museum or U U.S.'s best or whatever. Um, it's a really legit. I don't know if you're bringing kids over, but I would 100% visit that if you have kids. Um, our zoo is actually really cool. It's pretty <clears throat> much just like your typical zoo, but right next to it, there's a really pretty botanical gardens and then there's like an indoor part that is like a butterfly it's kind of weird they do a lot of studies on butterflies and they turn them loose and it's like this big like butterfly thing they're all flying around there's all kinds of different ones and they're also hatching them and doing a lot of research and you can look at all that and then right outside that they have all the the bot botanical gardens and when you go to the zoo and all that it's all like one thing so you can see all that at once that's pretty cool yeah and in the summertime, we have a thing. It's not near as nice, that San Antonio Riverwalk thing that you guys talked about. We have an artificial canal with a lot of shops and, like, street vendors and stuff on it that you can walk down the canal and you can rent paddle boats and shit and go up and down it. So it's something similar. It's it's probably not as nice, not as pretty, but it's similar. Yeah, we have some uh, butterfly stuff over there at the... Uh... What's that place called? I just said it. Uh, it's a big pyramid. Oh. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, there's butterflies. It doesn't stuff. matter. <laughs> it don't matter. You can go see butterfly yeah, stuff. Come anywhere. to Texas, look at the butterflies. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You, you'll find it. <laughs> Moody Gardens. Butterflies in Moody Gardens. Yeah. It's like a whole... It's a huge glass pyramid, like a 10-story glass pyramid, and they got butterflies in there and shit. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, like, what do you like? What do you do? Like, what do you? You go look at them. What? Right. What do you? What's in Kentucky, Scott? Other than what I said about Louisville, all the stuff along the river there, there's all kinds of stuff. So I don't, I don't know if they're into horse racing, but it's racing season right now. So Churchill Downs is open in Kingland, outside of Lexington. So you can go there. You, I would recommend not going during the day. I would go at night. Like I feel like it's more of a. I don't know, more of a fun environment at night. It's a little more laid back. It's cooler. So 
<clears throat> weather is the thing. It was like it runs about ninety-five degrees with one hundred percent humidity here, so it's fucking hot. Uh, you don't want to be outside all goddamn day and that shit unless you don't have to be. So I think going at night, it's cooler. It's a little more fun. Um, Churchill Downs is like very historic. You know, it's the fucking most famous horse racing track on earth. So before they run the Derby out, all that shit. Um, you can do that. You already mentioned Mammoth Cave. If you're if you're driving through Kentucky, uh, a couple of cool things I like is in a town called Bowling Green. There's the Corvette Museum. And yep. factory, that's where they make all the Corvettes in the world. Everyone comes from Ball Creek, Kentucky. So you can go there and take a tour of that shit. And uh, you can even take a tour of the factory and see how they they build every one of those things by hand. So, you know, most automotive, you know, manufacturing facilities are like robot kind of shit, assembly line stuff. Not not a, not this. So they, they do everything by hand, riveted it and all. It's pretty cool. Um, as far as what to do in Louisville, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of bands that come through things like that. Um, there's a children's museum here too, but it's like a quarter of the size of the one in Indianapolis. It's not shitty. I mean, it's nice. Uh, but you know, it's, it's more geared towards kids. So if you have kids that you want to make really fucking tired, so they'll leave you alone, take them there. Um, you can go to Slugger Field and watch the Bats play. They're in town right now. They're our AAA baseball team. They play in, like, the nicest AAA baseball park in the fucking world. Nah, ours says it's the nicest. (laughs) Whatever, fuck. Go to both. I tell you what, go to both. Go to the Indiana (laughs) one. What, can you compete with this guy? On Mondays, you can sit behind home plate in the first five rows for 12 fucking dollars, and it's dollar... Hot dogs, Cracker Jacks, and drinks. So for five fucking dollars, you can get two hot dogs, two boxes of Cracker Jacks, and a big fucking drink and just stuff your hey, face. Hey, are you ready for this? Because I'm about to wad that up and kick it into the fucking sun. On Thursdays, All right, let's hear it. 12 fluid ounce beers, $2. Thirsty Thursdays, <laughs> get you some. Plugger Field, okay? Hammered as fuck. Why it's triple A baseball? It's great. <laughs> Sit out in the sun, get alcohol poisoning, potentially die. Who does? But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good food here too. The Top Chef is filming their next season here, so that's been like a big thing. Is all the fucking swanky chefs and shit. That the only one anyone really cares about that really hot. Brunette chick, she was initiated some places downtown. Took pictures of herself there, and uh, that's you know that's a thing. So there's a lot there's a lot to do in Kentucky, man. The cave system, stuff like that. Uh, we don't really have any professional sports, and college sports aren't really going right now. Kind of shit out of luck. There is a place we've joked about called the uh, Kentucky Down Under, which is you know maybe an hour south of local and it um it's it's like a wilderness reserve kind of place you can go see free range bison and kangaroos and shit it's like an australian sort of themed kentucky animal rescue center i don't know it's very strange but uh it's kind of cool I mean, they got they got stuff there you can see. Well, you got all the distilleries you can visit too down yeah. there. Yeah, speaking of which, so around um around Louisville there's 
it's called the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, so probably 45 minutes, uh, like a, a circumference of 45 minutes around Louisville. There's Woodford Reserve, Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, Ed Williams, Bulliet, you name it, you can find it. Heaven Hill Distilleries and all the subsidiaries they have. Um, you can go and take, those are actually really cool. I wouldn't blow past those. I think it, those are always really neat to go to and see how they actually make this stuff and what goes into it and the logistics of it all. So I would definitely check that out. But this area, like if you're in around Jefferson County, which is where Louisville is, you can find quite a bit to do. Um, and then, I, I, I mean, hell, if it's me, three hours south of here is Nashville, too. Nashville's a whole different bag of worms. There's lots to do there. Lots of fun to be had. So, all right, thank you. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, fine. But uh, yeah, that's it. Say it back. So say it back. <laughs> Love you too, son. <laughs> um, if you come during the fall, um, I guess you could go there in the spring and summer too. But it's better in the fall. Um, I joke about it on this podcast all the time about how it drives everybody crazy. But all the leaves, like when the leaves turn here, it's like a big deal. Everybody fucking loses their mind. There's a place called Brown County, Indiana, that's like supposed to be one of the best places to see the fall leaves. If you just Google Brown County, Indiana and look at images, it is pretty impressive. Um, or Brown County in the fall or Brown County, Indiana leaves. You'll see what I'm talking about. So that's in like September, late yep. September, maybe oh. October. You know, one good thing you could do around that time frame, I don't know if you're into it, but uh, there's a big chunk of eastern Kentucky that's part of the AT, the Appalachian Trail, which is like this big, very, very long. It stretches like over 2,000 miles of outdoor hiking you could do. If you went and did that during the time like the leaves are changing and stuff, it, it's very pretty. I know that's like when a lot of people try to target to – hike that portion of the AT, but don't get killed by a fucking bear because there's a lot of those on that. Or mountain lions. Or mountain lions. Or get bit bit by a timber rattler and have your leg rotted off. Yeah, killed by fucking hillbillies. Who knows? Yeah. Have you ever seen a hillbilly Um, scout? Like, is that real? Have you ever seen a legit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's a fine line. So a lot of people think of, like, just poor ass white folk that live in the fucking mountains or is is hillbillies like people who work in coal mines live in trailers and people like me so fucking those those aren't really hillbillies like the the real hillbillies are like there are people who live in isolated communities in those mountains and they have not bred outside of their own gene line in a pretty long time so their skin turns real purple and their eyes get really yellow and they start to have all kinds of health problems and shit and They've, they're like live off the land kind of folks. They live in handmade houses like that they make out of fucking plank wood. And it's. They never go into town. No, nah, yeah. Yeah, man. There's, there's a lot of that as well. They're like, I don't know. Just, just people who live uh, fucking in such a weird way that no. Like, imagine the type of people who live in Alaska who live super fucking far out like in the wilderness and no one fucks with them. Like maybe they get a airplane load of medicine every once in a while. That's, that's the same sort of thing up there. That's yeah. wild. 
just just add more cars and washing machines to their yards. Yeah, yeah basically. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Can you go see them? Make math. Is that some, I, I'd want to go. <laughs> I'd, I'd, Can you go see the people who manufacture methamphetamine? Sure. I mean, I guess you could. Um, could you? Are you saying like, could you? I don't know that I would want to interact with those people, man. I don't know that I would come to the United States with that as my goal. But that one says you know, he knows Bigfoot. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like you're setting out on a dangerous course. You're setting a dangerous precedent for your vacation if that's your if that's your goal. I guess that's like, like I'm somebody... trying to go to the United States and die. There's easier ways to do it. But... Yeah, I kind of if feel you like... come at the right time of year here, we have Gen Con here in Indiana. It's the like world's largest gaming convention for like board games and shit like that. Michael's coming to it this year. For sure. Got my ticket and my plane tickets already. Ba ba bam. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's it. I don't know, man. Like, there's. I mean, you're gonna have a good time either way. You're in another country. Like, I don't know. I I can't imagine that going to Germany is much cooler. They have like old castles and old culture and shit. Like the thing about the United States is we don't like we've not been around near that long. So like the thing here is like a lot of it's like outdoor or nature stuff. So it's like with Indiana, if you don't like to do like outdoor stuff or hiking or seeing like a really cool farm and how it operates like Fair Oaks Farm or Hover Farm and Winery in southern Indiana, which is like the southern Indiana version of the of Fair Oaks Farm, but it's like instead of like all the good chocolate milk and shit down there, it's wine and cheese at Hover Farm and Winery. But it's pretty much the same thing, only different products. Um, so yeah, I mean it's more like farms, food, and like outdoor shit to do here. Hmm. Yeah. The all real right. unique thing is caves. Like Scott said, we have all kinds of limestone caves in southern Indiana and. Kentucky, like this area. And we world. have large predators here, so <laughs> fucking know that. <laughs> know that we, the most dangerous thing is not some fucking angry deer here. There is a good deal that. Nah, you're all right. We, you're not likely to run into... You can, it's possible, but you're very, very unlikely to run into a mountain lion or a bear. Yeah, it would, it would take you... It would take you, like I said, that's like it's like going up into the mountains and trying to be like, I'm trying to go find some fucking inbred hill people to hang out with. <laughs> like, you have to be tried to fuck up. Did I say about the people that moved up here from Florida and live across from my mother-in-law, speaking of this? And they called her in a panic and wanted to know, because they have a, a like a medium-sized dog, and there were turkey vultures in their backyard, and they were worried that the turkey vultures were going to eat their animals. They were flipping the fuck out, and... Miriam was like, no. And then the lady was out in her backyard, and we have wild turkeys, and this fucking wild turkey come running out of the bushes and, like, ran at her and then, like, turned to 90 and then ran back into the woods because it's it spooked when it seen her, and she thought this turkey was going to kill her. She was like, it was really big. What was it? It was just really <laughs> funny. They had, like, <laughs> they're, they're not movies. used to, like, being around, like, nature and shit, and they, like, well, Michael's seen where I live. There's lots of trees and fucking hills and shit around so like you have wildlife in your yard like every day here yeah we got deer 
it's pretty cool where i live there's deer we got cows bunch of cows everything's fenced off so there's not really a whole lot of uh wildlife that's gonna get around we don't have any of that uh bureau of land management land like the other states do we got private land that's owned by farmers and they fence it off because <laughs> they don't want they don't want people getting on it they don't want people fucking with their cows <laughs> yeah so it's not a lot of uh not a lot of bear activity around here uh we got cougars uh, some places bobcats tons of bobcats but i mean unless you're paying somebody to go on their land you're not gonna <laughs> see much more than the highway in cities possibly a chupacabra on the road possibly if, if you see that one, you let us know. Yeah. So that's fair, man. That was a good chunk of our episode dedicated to uh, U.S. tourism. Oh, oh yep. tourism. yeah. We mentioned this on uh, Break the Glass, but Waverly Hills. It's like the most haunted place, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. It's like the most haunted place in the United States, but I, I disputed this on our Break the Glass episode. If by haunted you mean homeless dudes banging each other inside <laughs> there. It's, very haunted. it's haunted as shit. <laughs> yeah, we have that uh, that Step Cemetery place, which is supposedly the most haunted place in Indiana that I took Tim and Michael to. Supposedly there's Sasquatch there, too. Just chilling with the ghosts? Yeah, we have a Auto One Swamp Monster over at the... Uh, Gonzalez. What is that? It's. I can't remember that park. Uh, it's alright. I don't know either. Palmetto State Park. <clears throat> Boom. Yeah. yeah. There's supposedly a swamp monster that lives over there. And here recently, back in 2016, uh, there was a sighting. So, you know, if you're into cryptids, we got cryptids. Yeah, yeah, that and like I said, you can actually stay in the Presidio at La Bahia. I've actually done that a couple times. I didn't see anything too wild, but uh, my girlfriend's dad swears by it. Like he goes there, like he tries to go about every year, and he swears he's seen some crazy shit. What has he said he's seen? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I oh. mostly tuned it out because I'm like, I'll I'll believe it when I see some wild ass shit. So far, I right. didn't take Tim and Michael there, but Google West Baden Springs Hotel. It's fucking incredible. It was like the craziest hotel that was ever built back when it was built in like 1915. It was the world's largest freestanding dome when it was built. Pretty crazy. It's like in the middle of like nowhere in southern Indiana. They built it as a retreat for like super wealthy people from Hollywood and fucking gangsters from Chicago. And the little town of French Lick, which is small, it's like the size of Scottstown had 12 speakeasies in it in this little bitty fucking town where you could like have illegal gambling and the all the police were like 100% bought off so like the the public would get all mad because it was like supposed to be during prohibition and all this shit and they'd get mad so like once a month the police would decide to go on a raid so they'd like call whatever speakeasy they were going to raid like 2 hours before and be like hey we got to come raid you so leave a few things out for us to get but like put up most of the shit and everybody clear out for a few hours while the cops came and raided it and then when they were done they'd just come right back in start gambling and shit nice yeah that's some awesome awesome history for you it's a very civil way to do it so 
all that's there. They, they'll tell you about all that. The Indiana Train Museum is in the same town. There's a water park in that same town, and there's two casinos in that same town. It's also the hometown of Larry Bird. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that all sounds so boring. <laughs> <laughs> the casino, not so much, but, you know. No, West Baden Springs is fucking amazing, man. Check it out. Definitely. I didn't get to take Tim and Michael there because it's about an hour and a half drive from my house, but it's it's one of the cooler things in the state for sure. Man, once the internet got out there, there's just not like <laughs> like, like I get it, I get it. Tigers, <laughs> like Grand Canyon is cool. Saw it in my VR headset from my couch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool ass dome. Where else can you do a fucking first person fly through of it? <laughs> <laughs> man, this is boring. I'm going Iron Man mode. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, let's go over some hobby progress, boys. Let's uh, let's get into some 30k talk for this 30k podcast. Get my knocked out real quick. I fucking worked. I had like two days off the past two weeks so i didn't get a whole lot of shit done and that's pretty disappointing i know uh so for my night lords everything i've got is primed it's got paint on it i just need to finish up uh edge highlighting and shit on my on two of my anvilus and my lightning i'm still not sure if i'm gonna freehand a bunch of lightning on it or how that's gonna interact with like the weathering i want to do to it so i'm still trying to figure out what my plans are as far as that goes but I got all my combi meltas in primed up. I just need to start swapping out the bolters I had on the squad I did have done up for my uh, for my force for the Escalation League. And then the other squad, just they just need those combi bolters put in. But uh, yeah, hopefully after this weekend I can sit down and get the rest of that crunched out. Now that work's going to finally start slowing the fuck down. Hell yeah. Then, Sorry to uh, hear about your slow hobby progress, buddy. Yeah, it sucks and I hate it, but... It is what it is. <clears throat> I guess I'll go next on this one. So, uh, because we have the Citadel opening this weekend, and they announced last minute that they were going to have a 1,500-point Horus Heresy event, uh, we decided that we were going to squat up and go. I think we are going to go regardless just to see like what it looked like at least. It's not actually going to the Citadel. It's like an event that is American. Uh, they call it the Warhammer Weekender. I don't know how close it's going to be to an actual weekender. I feel like it's kind of uh, less planned than what a real weekender would be. So I don't know if there's going to be actually like, you know, new models and stuff like that. They're going to show off or anything like that. So yeah. it definitely looked like they were planning to open the cafe and then they saw how many people were like going to go out of their way to show up. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And so they are not opening the cafe. And so said they're having an event at like at like the double tree. Yeah. So they're having their Warhammer weekender at the double tree. And we'll Grape, be there Sunday. Grapevine, Texas. Yeah. It's apparently all of our Dallas boys say it's like a really nice hotel. So kind of looking forward to going to check it out. Uh, 1500 point event. Not really sure if it's a narrative, not really sure if it's a tournament. Nobody really knows yet. There's not a lot released off of it. I'll probably get corrected in the chat here in a second. If there is, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm taking some Imperial Fist over there. I've been working. Didn't on you guys those. bully them into this event? Uh, no, we didn't bully well, them into. We it. we didn't. 
Apparently, <laughs> they said they weren't planning on having a heresy event because they didn't think there'd be a large uh, heresy community. And so all the like North Texas, uh, the Lone Star Legion guys were like, hey, but what the fuck, though? Yep. So, so now they're having a heresy event. They definitely were not going to have a heresy event just because they didn't think that they could plan it out. And now they are. So read into that what you will. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I hope we're going to go. I don't think it's going to be like some some nonsense. So Probably not going to be stiff. Yeah, it's not going to be heresy it might, camp. It, it might, might be nice, but. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. yeah, but, you know, it's whatever. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with all the Lone Star Legion guys. I know Lucas and both the Johns are going. Uh, powerful Iron Hand Will. Uh, I mean, it's just all of our friends, man. All of our friends in Dallas are going. And then we're also taking, you know, Pretty, Cody. It's going to be a big show out. So it's just going to be cool to hang out with everybody. Uh, I don't have a really optimized 1,500-point list. I'm taking uh, Stone Gauntlet lists. So I'm just kind of looking forward to some like some hardcore fluff on that one. It's going to be fun. Yeah, a Stone Gauntlet list with a Vindicator. Cool. Here, let me do your three battle reports. I deployed my stuff, and I walked forward for three turns while steadily losing guys. Yep. Uh, <laughs> at turn three, I rapid-fired some bolt guns, and then on turn four, I pick up the last of my models, and he won. Game two, I deployed my models, walked forward for three turns, steadily losing models as I go. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, not being able to deep strike anything kind of sucks. Uh, so... You know, that kind of blows. You could have um, at least bought him some rhinos or something. Nah, man. Breachers can't points. buy rhinos. 1,500 points. Can't can't do much. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to show. I mean, because it's all my wall list. It's all the stuff that's going on the wall for Heresy Camp. So everything I have for that, I'm just going to put on the table. I'm going to stack it really close together so so that people can get can get really good blast templates over them. And then well, uh, you get to reroll your armor saves for that. Yeah, for so it's not that armor. bad unless it's a Scorpus Whirlwind. Yeah. Unless it's Phosphex or Scorpus Whirlwind, you're good to go. <laughs> Which, you know. Um, what are the well, Those things aren't popular at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll probably just see those. <laughs> I'll probably just be fighting, you know, custodes. So we don't have to worry about that. Maybe some tarantulas. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've been working on that. I got an Omega started for the Escalation League just because I wanted to see the model and see what it looked like. Got it painted up in yellow. And I just really love painting that Imperial Fist yellow, so uh, I got that painted up. I modeled up a door uh, for the Sakarin, uh because... Oh, yeah, the hatch? Yeah, the hatch. I've been doing a ton of 3D modeling uh, these past couple weeks here since we haven't talked since then. Uh, mostly dust stuff, but I have been doing some some Horus Heresy stuff that will be useful to me. Uh, and the first thing I did that would be useful to everybody is this uh, plug. I don't know. I don't think there's a better word for it. Just it's like a plug. Yeah. For when you don't want to put sponsons on your Sakarin? Yeah. So when you don't want to put sponsons on your Sakarin, you just put this little plug on there and it plugs it up for you and it looks like a hatch. Yeah. It looks like the Demos hatch. Just size for the yeah. Looks Swanson. like the Demios doors, but it yeah, yeah. So I got that modeled up, uh, got that printed. It came out nice. It fits perfectly. I got it painted, 
And then I was like, I'm going to go put it on Shapeways for everybody to buy and have a good time. And then I realized like it's like seven bucks in material for it to print. And I was like, nope, this is good nonsense. I know plenty of resin casters that will resin cast this for the community for way cheaper. And I found a guy that's going to do it. So Nice. Just uh, that's coming, boys. It'll be in your hands shortly, I'm sure. So what else? That's pretty much it. That's all I got. How about you guys? Go, Scott. All right. Uh, I've been playing games. So I fucking finished, you know, finished out <laughs> most of the projects I have right now. So I've been playing a lot of games. And I've been focusing on World Eaters for so long, painting that project and getting it together and going to events with it and stuff that I wanted to kind of get back to some of my old armies and play some of them. Like we had the Iron Hands episode recently. So I kind of wanted to to dust those off for nostalgia's sake. And I have completely forgotten how to play that fucking list. And that has resulted in me getting my dick kicked in back to back time. So I'm fucking doing a complete overhaul and trying to figure out how to play that army once again. So I'm going to go with an armored breakthrough theme, I think. And I just ordered, uh, two predators to go in that, with, you know, the, the Demios predators with the, Auto cannon turret and then side sponsor the last game. So I'm gonna do that. And I'm painting a little bit of Battletech stuff. I got some fucking Battletech stuff from Ryan. So doing that, I'm edge highlighting for like the first time in a pretty long time. I don't typically do like I don't do a lot of it on the stuff I paint for heresy. Like I do do some, of course, but not not like <laughs> a shitload. Well, these models in the way they are, they're kinda like I would I would describe them as like sort of the same aesthetic that that Tau is, where they or Gundams, where they have very clean lines, like as far as the, how the armor plates intersect. So you kind of have to have to uh, edge highlight them. You know, I don't know that if I did a whole bunch of oil and weathering on on something this scale that it would show up and look super great. And we'll I see. Thought, I'm gonna do it on mine. <laughs> there you go. We we will see. Um, I fucking suck at edge highlighting, bro. It is horrible, and I hate every single fucking second of it, but I'm doing it, so pressing through it. Um, That's me. That's what I got going on in my life. I I played the Termite for the first time, and it's fucking sick. It nice. worked exactly like I hoped it would, so. Did you get out immediately, or did you hang out? Yes, I got out immediately and blew up a fucking, um, that little Mechanicum last cannon fucking, the Creos Venator blew up one of those and then got charged by a unit of Castlax and killed like one and a half of those because the Breachers had melt bombs So, fucking suck it. <laughs> that, that unit actually, actually earned its points back pretty fast. And they were scoring and... I don't know. I liked it, man. It seemed very themey, at least. I made a little crater for it that it fucking comes out of. So Nice. Dude, send us a picture of that crater. I don't know if you did send that at one point and I missed it, but... I can do that. Yeah. I'll fucking dig it out. Love to see it. I miss the old drop pod. Remember when everybody thought you didn't have to get out of the drop pod and everybody could hang out in it for a little bit for heresy? <laughs> Those are the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, sir, we've landed. Should we open the doors? Nah, wait. Hold on. G give it a minute. <laughs> let it let air out.
What about you, Ryan? What you been working on? Charity tanks, man. Charity tanks. I'm like, I don't know. What would you... I got... I'm doing the tracks. So all that's left to do is the tracks and glue those on and then do the oil weathering and they're done. Dude, that is not a small task. Like, I've got one of those kits that I'm sitting on for my uh, Space Wolves. That is a lot of fucking treads. How many How many tanks yep. do you have? How oh, I'm only doing one Land Raider, and then I'm doing two Rhinos. Oh, okay. So the Rhinos are easy, because you just paint them on the sprue yeah. like that. So this is the undercoat, and then I do uh, one more coat of silver, and then there's like a special mix of washes and shit I put on them. But I do the washes after I glue them on. Um, these, I'll do this undercoat, and then I do another coat with a technique that's a little annoying to do it um if you take cult of paint uh you learn how to do it um so anyway once that's done i'll glue it all on and then i'll do all the washes and stuff on it um and then when that's all done i'll do all the oil weathering and all that stuff on the tank and then it'll be done badass so beautiful Man, uh, i cannot wait to take that cult of paint class i'm so damn excited for that uh, I got another announcement. Should we like record it and put it at the beginning of the episode, or just say it now so people know? Go ahead. Um, so I've been working on this for a long time, <laughs> and I finally got it to come to fruition. Um, Matt Kane, the guy who started MKA, the guy that uh, he used to be the Forge World Studio painter and invented a lot of the paint schemes for the Horus Heresy that you see on their website. Um, when I, I flew to England and took that original class, which you've listened to the show long enough, you know that. I've been trying to get Matt to come over here and teach a class for a long time. And after MKA kind of split up, he kind of quit doing classes. Um, Henry and... Uh, shit, how am I forgetting his name? I think it's Andy. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're still doing classes or whatever. Matt really hasn't been doing any. Uh, Matt's going to come over and do a class here in Indiana. I talked him into it, and he's making it sound like it's going to be the last class he's ever going to teach, which is an honor that he's coming over here to do that. And I've already... I opened it up to my local guys first. Um, There's only 20 spots, and we've already gotten rid of 17 spots. So there's only three spots left. So if you're listening to this and you want to come to Indiana and take the the class, kind of like the one I took in England, um, PM me. And the first three people that want to come can do it. Uh, the basic details are it's September 2nd through the 6th, which is five days. Um, the second is a Sunday. Um, and then Monday is a holiday. It's what? It's not. Is it? It's Labor Day. Yeah, it's Labor Day right? The Monday in September. So everybody should have those two days off. Um, And then Tuesday is going to be a free day. You don't really have to be here or do any of the class. It's just like to give you a break. Um, And then you go back to the class on Wednesday and Thursday. So Sunday and Monday, the first two days will be the tanks course. And then you have the day off on Tuesday, which I'm going to host open gaming 
at my house, which is totally optional. You don't have to come. You could go and do whatever, but I will have all my tables and everything set up here if you just want to game all day and hang out, drink some beers, do whatever. Um, and then on Wednesday and Thursday will be the infantry course to uh, learn how to paint the infantry. Uh, the class is only going to be $135 for all five what days. What a steal. Yeah. Um, the reason that is, is Matt is essentially doing it as a favor to me. So he's not really charging us. He's basically teaching the class for free. Um, I'm just basically reimbursing him for his plane ticket and buying all his food and all that stuff. Plus I obviously had to rent a venue. So I'm just trying to get my money back for that things. So I basically just took the cost of doing all that and divided it by 20 and ended up with $135. So as long as everybody pays their 135, everybody's all good and even and we're all square. So that's pretty much the basic details. If you need more info, you can PM me or whatever, but I got only got three spots left. So if you're in this area that time of year and want to do that, uh, let me know. The bad thing is it's real close to heresy camp. It's real close to Nova. I had no choice in that. Um, that's the only time Matt had for a schedule. It is what it is. If I wanted to do it, that's when it had to be. Um, so can't help that. Um, but yeah, I got that done. I've been working on that for a while, so I'm glad I've got that pulled off. Um, and I'm already looking at, you guys have, we've talked about me building my gaming barn on here. Uh, I think the bid is almost ready to come in for that. I just talked to the guy today, so I should hear something back in the next week. If I get that barn built, I plan on hosting classes, uh, quite frequently. I mean, obviously it won't be Matt since it's the last one, but I'm, if I can get that thing done, we'll probably host maybe one or two painting classes a year out in my, uh, Game hall so. in the woods. <laughs> Some yeah. old-fashioned hillbilly barn. So hopefully uh, that all that pans out. But anyway, I did get this class done. It's going to be in Columbus, Indiana. If anybody wants to look that up, uh, Tony Stewart lives there. Maybe we'll run into Tony Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> what a random fact. <laughs> he does. Hopefully he, he doesn't there. fucking hit you with his car and murder you. But yeah. <laughs> well, this just in. Don't be high on marijuana and running across a dark brown uh, racetrack because it's a dirt track at night in a brown jumpsuit in the middle of a racetrack that people are actively racing on. You will get hit. Tony sir. Stewart might hit you. <laughs> Tony Stewart might yeah. kill you. Like like an yeah. omen. Like it's like a it's like that's what you tell kids at night. Don't you go in that brown racetrack wearing brown. Tony Stewart will get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this the the um, bedtime stories you people up north tell. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. He does He does live there. He plays pools there. Uh, I know lots of people that live there that run into him. So if you want to meet Tony Stewart, that might happen. But anyway, yeah, it's in Columbus, Indiana, uh, which is like 45 minutes from my place. Is Columbus, Indiana big? Um, It's the size of my town or bigger. Okay, that's why. It's, okay. So I don't know why I was thinking Columbus, Ohio, I guess, is pretty big. Yeah. No, Columbus, yeah, Ohio is way bigger. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, okay, like, Tony Stewart lives here in this, like, town of, like, two million or something. <laughs> but I get it now. Okay, it's, like, a small town, so it makes it... Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he lives there. He's, like, an active... Like, you, if you live there in Columbus, you will, like, you will see him. Like, you'll just be 
You know, doing whatever, going about town, buying groceries, doing normal human shit. Killing people with his car. On his racetrack. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so get excited for that, people. Man, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> Take your paint class and <laughs> don't wear brown. <laughs> Avoid. <laughs> just, I just imagine looking down. You're on a dirt track. Oh no. Oh god. Or if I told me about this, oh yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tony Stewart. <laughs> they didn't say what to do. <laughs> they didn't say. <laughs> Dude, speaking of, speaking of, they didn't say what to do. Man, that brings up <laughs> such a valid, valid point. Oh, no. <laughs> So, one of our Patreon supporters actually had a, a, a bear. They, they were approached by a bear. And I guess it was like on a, a camping trip or something, some sort of like outing that they had. And they said, I took your advice and I screamed, get out of here, you fat piece of shit. And I started throwing stuff at him. The bear took off like a bitch. Oh. Like, I feel like we need like a legal disclaimer here, dude. Like I never thought that this this podcast needed some sort of disclaimer until that message was sent. I was like, "Oh man, uh, this so could get really bad." That could have been bad. <laughs> get out! Of, I Maybe did that it like bear you guys did said. take kindly your your body shape. You decided to address it with me. Like, oh, Scott told me what to say. Sup, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> Throw a rock. <laughs> Fuck you say? What? Uh-oh. <laughs> He's mad. He's mad. This is a bad idea, honey. Get in the car. He, he took offense to that. <laughs> Get in the car. So, so, so yeah, the, we... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. All you. Oh, I was going to finish my hobby progress. So, the last thing that I did, actual paint-wise, was I painted... I'm... I'm working on painting some mechs for Battletech for Chris Duncan. Like, he'll come over on Friday and we'll work on it a little bit at a time to show him how to do it, like the painting process. Yeah. And this week, I had to paint fucking stripes because he's doing these guys called the Davion Heavy Guard, and they have like a red stripe and then a white stripe right next to it. And then they have like some that cross down a little lower. Oh my God, dude. Did you see those that I had to paint? Yes. They look great. They look fantastic. Well, I had to do that fucking freehand. They're too small, and they... Ha- they Well, Scott's seen the models. Like, you imagine trying to masking tape. Yeah, it's like... Because you're painting, like, a fucking three millimeter wide white line, and then another three millimeter red line, like, right up against it, and you're trying to keep it straight and go over all those fucking contours and panels and over knee joints, and... Uh, dude, it was awful. So... I got about six of them done and then was like feeling an aneurysm coming on. I have 13 to do. And I was like, dude, I have to stop this. I'll fucking knock out these other ones later. But once that's done, the rest of it, you know, we'll decal them up and then chip them and do the weathering and some like they'll it'll be the rest of it's easy. But like Chris, he's old, kind of like old and weak. Fucking his eyes don't work great. Old. Yeah, just, just just. just bad, just bad. He's on his way out. He's on his way out. <laughs> yeah, just not good. So He's lost a step. His fucking hands like, look like, you know, really excited Michael J. Fox. He's not going to be able to paint those lines. So I was just like, let me just paint those fucking lines for you. Like, I'm just, not even worried pres- about teaching As President you this. Trump said, sad. Sad. Just sad. sad. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, like, fucking... Went over and watched Live PD on my couch while I was fucking painting lines on his mechs for him. 
So <laughs> that's kind of what happened. Dude, that's fantastic. So so nice of you to help out people like that. Well, uh, you got to help the elderly. So I hear it. I hear it. Uh, by the way, speaking of painting classes and teaching your friends how to paint, uh, so I found out that at the local art league here in Victoria, uh, if you're a member there, which I am, uh, you can rent out one of their rooms for like no cost. And like, it's like a huge, like art gallery studio thing. And I did that and taught some of my friends how to airbrush this weekend or past weekend, two weekends ago. And so that was a good time. We painted up some rhinos, got them all taken care of. Uh, these are all people that I'm going to pull to help me paint for terrain for heresy camp. And so it worked out really well because I <laughs> taught them all the paint method that I use <laughs> to paint buildings for heresy camp. And they all did a great job. So good job, everybody, because you've got some work ahead of you. <laughs> Tuition <laughs> is coming. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good time. It's a good time. Derek needs to come back to Indiana. Take my class. There's only three spots left, Derek. Only three. Well, I've got a very limited amount of time off, and I'd like to be able to go to Heresy Camp. <laughs> Look at that. I have three fucking co-hosts, and none of them come. I set this up. Michael knows how fucking hard I worked on this, too. I fucking do. Bastard. It's like, it, you know. It's like, I only have so many days off. I can't take Adepticon five days for MKA, and then five days for, for Heresy Camp. There's just no way. Like I just, There's no job yeah, that will allow that. I mean, I could, I could quit my a job. A good I job guess. would allow that. Yeah, quit my job. Can knock out that yeah. sweet, sweet four hundred one k. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> take care of this. Take care of these painting classes, and then go live in the mountains and make methamphetamine. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, I tell you right now, if if somehow I hit the Powerball like my retirement plan requires, then <laughs> straight up. Coming to your MKA class, I'm bringing all of our Patreon supporters. We're going to rent out a Coliseum. <laughs> We're, actually, we'll rent out the Dallas Stadium. We'll fly everybody down here, and you'll all watch Matt Cain paint on the Jumbotron of the Dallas Cowboy Stadium. And we will all learn on, I mean. And maybe see Tony Romo break his collarbone. Yeah, we'll even hire Tony Romo yeah, to fucking, in there. Tony Romo shows up to learn how to paint a rhino, breaks his fucking tibia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, whole Kit Kat bones, man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to personally apologize to uh, Kyle Kinghorn. I know he's listening to this, the old host of 40K Radio, and he's like a giant Tony Romo fan, and he listens to all our episodes. He is so mad right now. <laughs> why Why are you a Tony Romo fan? I'm, I'm, I live in Texas. Like, yeah, I, we're, we're in Cowboys country. <laughs> Dallas, Cowboys blood runs in me. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about it. Like It's like hands down. Like I mean, I wish they'd do better. They're I, they're America's team. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. Like we get it. We're Texan. We get it. We know Dallas Cowboys. I hope I hope something good happens, but I'm not going to put money on it. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy I was the day Tony Romo fucked his back up and couldn't play. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Like <laughs> he needed to go a long time ago. He ain't no Troy Aikman, that's for sure. Never will be. I don't know why we treat him like he is. But, I don't have an answer for you. But anyway, yeah. That's enough football talk for this <laughs> Horace Heresy podcast. So is that all your all everybody's hobby progress? We're doing good? I think we did good. That's it. That's all I got. I think we really needed to have this like sit down conversation. This and is just really clear the air. Clear the air, man. Tony, like, Tony Romo. Yeah. This needed to happen. I'm glad Ryan's having an MKA class. Like I can't tell you how awesome that is and how super exciting that is for everybody in the hobby. 
I don't know how you still have three seats left and pretty much without telling anybody, like without announcing on a show or anything and it's already filled up. Uh, so well, as, like I said, I offered it to my local guys first cause they've been ride or die from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were, we were playing miniature games long before this podcast, long before anything else. So they got first opportunity and, uh, they took it. So I got three spots left to any lucky three people that, want to come and do it um it'll just be first come first serve so <laughs> kieran douglas just said over the chat michael have you heard of pin washing come on man well michael have you <laughs> yes of course i have God damn. <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not ready vacay interactive can't do it then nothing can so anyway Let's move on to some emails, boys. Let's see what we got in the old bag of Rudy. The old mailbag? The old mailbag. I got two small ones that are just discussion ones right here. We can do whenever. You got hot singles in your area. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good start. More of a personal one, I guess. Here, while Michael's looking at that one, I'll read this one. I'm still far behind in the podcast. Only like 62. But I know you all are Willow fans. I saw this and thought of you. He sent me a link to they're in the works of doing Willow 2. We know. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like definitely, definitely everybody has tagged us in the Willow 2 production, and I'm very happy that they have tagged us because. Is it too early to like let y'all go ahead and pat yourselves on the back for that? For what? Oh, for Willow 2? For, for, yeah, they're like, man, look at all these like Google trends. <laughs> We're bringing it back. Somebody bought nine copies of this <laughs> Korean Willow. <laughs> it's got to be popular. So oh, that's what we should, is that what like, we're gonna should do. Is that what we're going to do for swag? Like everybody? Yeah, swag at Heresy Willow. Camp. <laughs> we're just going to put. We're going to put a copy. I was just thinking about that. I'm glad. Copies of Willow. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we got some. We got some secret weapon bases. We got some tufts. And a DVD. <laughs> is this a DVD of Willow? Same even <laughs> a Korean secret copy of Willow. Bases. We're giving away bases. This could be Dragonforge bases, sir. Hey, it's both, man. <laughs> we can't. I can't help it if they both decided to sponsor us. You can compare them. Compare them. You know. It even Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when you might. May or may not see a copy of Willow. We may or may not have screenings. <laughs> we have to, actually, <laughs> at this point. So, anyway, on to our emails. That's what we should do. We should do Mystery Science Theater style. We'll put Willow up on a big projector, and we'll just all watch it, and do like live commentary from the four of us on Willow. Okay, listeners out there, if you want to see be that, me talking about, hey, do you guys remember when Val Kilmer wasn't fat? <laughs> like, remember when Val Kilmer didn't have a hole in his throat? Man, those are the good old days. If y'all want to see that, if y'all want to like do a Willow screening, I mean, I could put that on the Heresy Camp website. We can make an event. I, I mean, I don't. We can have it in the basketball court. We can have it in the yoga room. Like, I'm pretty sure we could have a Willow screening. That's not a problem. I just need to know if y'all want it. <laughs> nice. So gets my vote. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna get so <laughs> many emails. So anyway, guys, I am pulling up our email right now. If you want to send us an email, if you want to tell us that you want to see this Willow screening when you go to Heresy Camp, 
Uh, Michael at warmer30k.com, Ryan at warmer30k.com, Scott at warmer30k.com, and Derek at warmer30k.com. Uh, let's see what we got. So first one first, uh, powerful Andrew Hollis. Uh, this comes from Matt. It says, hey, RFI, since the show seems to be trending towards animal stories and I seem to also trend towards shit stories. Oh, and oh yeah, yeah. here's one that has the best of both worlds, animals being animals and flying shit. Nice. Uh, a number of years ago, my wife, then girlfriend, and I were in, were at the local zoo checking out all the animals. My wife is super into photography, especially of animals, so had her eyes glued to the DSLR all day, which normally isn't a bad thing. We had just entered the dude. Oh my god, I'll tell you all this in a second, dude. So like, we got tagged. Okay, just real quick. I know like <laughs> this is probably going to lead to the same kind of thing. We got tagged in a video earlier. Like we get tagged in all sorts of bear videos, and like people post bear videos in the the Patreon closed group all the time. And there was like this lady who was like jumped the fence, like two fences closer to a polar bear to like take a picture of it with her DSLR and the range of the DSLR threw her off. So she didn't know how far the polar bear was from her. And it just reached through the fence, grabbed her by the thigh and yanked her against the fence and started gnawing on her thigh, like straight up dude. So I feel like the story is going that way, but just want to let you know that I have a healthy fear of polar bears because well, they're massive. Spoiler alert: she lived to go on to marry him. So, oh, what? Well, oh yeah, yeah. His, his wife at the time, girlfriend. Yeah, so she's definitely not dead, but so we'll find she, out. Yeah, you can't it's marry a corpse. Yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah, it's all right. Huh. Probably. This is America, bro. We can do what we want here. Don't that's tell me what I can't do. That, that's fair. I'm not about to stop anybody from doing what they want. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so she had her eyes glued to her DSLR all day, which normally isn't a bad thing. We had just entered the African pavilion and had come to one of my favorite animals, the hippo. Oh, dang. The deadliest animal <laughs> yeah. in the world. Laying there Making with shit toes. like 25 feet, too. I've seen it. I went behind I the stage to... with bush gardens when I got bit by a giraffe. One almost shit on us. <laughs> I think we're about to hear about that. Uh, laying there with her toes in the water, these gorgeous mountains of fat rolls were just chilling out. Likely having their, likely having just finished their lunch, my wife sets up to start snapping some pictures, not really focusing on the world around her. She didn't notice one of the hippos getting up and wander over near her and begin to <laughs> prep a shit. That is when hilarity, or not if you're my wife, struck. The hippos decided to shit within three-ish feet of her, normally not a threat if it was any other animal. <laughs> However, hippos are really clean, are, are really cleanly animals and don't like to stay dirty especially with a turd so as they shit they will hit it with their tails and send it flying away from them check youtube for great videos of this we had blast off shit rockets were flying every which way my wife did not listen to my warning telling her to move asap boom headshot my wife was struck by the side of her head by wet shit rocket after a blood curdling scream and her running to wash her hair off in the stink we continued on this was her last time bringing her camera and getting distracted or near the hippos. Also attached are some of her pictures of Dorn and a recently finished rhino for my Imperial Fist, as well as the samples of my wife's photography. As always, thanks for the great podcast and keep up the good work. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> Ryan, that, it wasn't... a really nice glam shot. It was not a... Uh, <laughs> it was not a 25-foot shit story like you were thinking, but... I have seen where they no, put they their do because they shit like projectile shit and then flick their tail in it like he's saying and it goes fucking everywhere and it literally oh. will go like twenty feet. Oh, I thought you were talking like they shit like <laughs> like little rockets come out like it shit no, 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 like no, no, twenty no. foot. Like, they like just fling it everywhere. The ball comes out. 
Yeah, like just like like it's like prepping, and then I hear dunk, and then somebody's knocked out a mile away. Um, imagine a, the prop mortar. on a small propeller, like a small propeller prop on a plane, and somebody just like throwing a bucket of wet shit through it. That's what it does. Oh, yeah. I've seen the videos. I've seen it. Nice, Matt. I'm looking at your models right now. I'm looking at your Dorn. I'm looking at your Rhino. Both look fantastic. I love the there's scruff a, on Dorn's face. It's a beautiful Dorn. Look at that scruff on his face. Damn. Yeah, that's he looks like a he's got a five o'clock shadow. It's real good, and your wife, Caitlin, this is a. This is a very nice photo. It's a very nice photo of a of an ape of some sort. I don't know what kind of ape it is. Looks human. He's very muscular. Giant nipple. He knows what's going on. He po- he's posing. Yeah, he uh, definitely. That's the rare species of Kentucky butt rustler ape. <laughs> look at this man! Like, look at this ape! Like, look, like all you Patreon subscribers, y'all can look to. Hopefully, you can see this ape. But like, he there's some, a gorilla. There's some, there's some life in his eyes. What's the difference between an ape and a gorilla? Well, a gorilla is a type of ape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some gorilla stories, man. Yeah, We've been missing out on those. That's that's his profile photo right now. Yeah. So, thank you, Matt. Appreciate the story, and sorry about your wife getting covered in hippo shit, which I imagine smells like human shit. I just, like, you know how, like, some animals, like, like cows when they shit, they don't smell like people shit, so it's not so bad? And, like, dogs, yellow shit is just, like, really gross, and you're just like, man, that's disgusting. Like, that's the, like, you get that, (laughs) yeah, but I feel like hippo shit just smells like human turds. I'm sure somebody that listens will tell us. Eric, let us know. Or Matt, ask your wife. Or Matt, ask your wife. <laughs> so we got another one. This says Army slash Animal Story. This comes from Craig. It says, Hello again, gents. Listening to your latest podcast, you seem to be branching out into other animals. <laughs> I've got a deer story for you. Man, dude. I like deer stories. Except for that one that <laughs> decided to end it. <laughs> Stick his head out into the highway. <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, it's about 2007, and we're in a range camp in Selen... 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 Lo- Cinelogger? Cinelogger? In Cinebundis in Germany. Uh, we've just finished a <laughs> night shoot and we're headed back along a very long, very dark range road in a minibus at about ooh, 2200 hours. So that is what? 10 o'clock? 10 p.m.? 10 p.m.? Yeah. Out of nowhere, a deer jumps in front of us and we hit it. The driver stops the minibus and we find, we go find the animal. It's gone, so we didn't kill it, but the damage to the vehicle says it probably wasn't very happy about it. We carry on and tell the German range warden. He doesn't speak English. We don't speak German, so after a few minutes of our best English tourist impressions, do you speak English? We carry on. <coughs> anyway, an hour and four cans of beer later, a German ambulance turned up asking about the accident we'd had on the range. Fortunately, these guys spoke English, so we explained it was a deer and that maybe the range warden had called them. We apologized, and they went on their way. No harm, right? Next morning, we find out that some retarded RAF guy had run backwards up a range a few hundred meters from our accommodation and fell into a firing trench. He broke his back, and we sent his ambulance away. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) At least he was only some RAF dude. Holy shit. <laughs> now we're good, thanks. It was just a deer. <laughs> some some dude like thirteen hours just ah. <laughs> it's okay, help us on the way. Don't worry. I called them, they're on their way. 
<laughs> Man, that sucks. I hope that guy's okay. All right, next one comes from Mike. Uh, powerful Mike. How, says, how do they find out about that, though? I don't know, dude. Like, like I felt. I feel like you'd feel like shit once they told you, though. Like, could you imagine being the guy? Like, well, no. Like somebody. Okay, so they didn't find out until after they sent the ambulance away. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. So well, where'd they find out from that that ambulance was definitely for somebody else? They probably found out the next day when I was like, "Hey, did you guys sit, see an ambulance?" Like, yeah, they came for the deer. It's like, no, nah, man, that was a that was the ambulance for for Brian. He broke his back, dude, in a firing trench. He's dead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> shortly <Yeah>. later. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, he's dead. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, this next one comes from Powerful Mike. It says, two Iraq shit pit stories. Nice. Not exactly an industrial story, but I thought I'd keep the military ones going. Back in 2003, during Op Telic, Operation Telic and the invasion of Iraq, we were based outside of Basra, in the southern part of the country between Kuwait and Iranian borders. We had set up a FOB, Forward Operating Base. Thank you. Thank you for, I mean, I knew what a FOB was, but letting us know <laughs> that different things, it's very helpful. Out in the desert from which we'd launch on task around our area of operations. As we don't move toilet facilities with us in the field, it's a simple matter of digging a six by seven foot deep slit trench for the lads to drop their dirty bombs into. As you can imagine, having a battalion around a thousand men, including our attachments of paratroopers living on rations, making a daily visit to these trenches, they soon become a sticking pit, uh, stinking pit of human waste and toilet paper. It falls on the company color sergeants, the company quartermaster staff, to deal with maintaining these pits. Once they start filling up, all they do is cover them in a couple of jerry cans of fuel and set them on fire. Once the flames have gone out, leaving a burnt crust like some hideous stinking shit volcano the seat covers go back on and the blokes are free to visit the facilities again one cool beautiful desert morning the company's sergeant made his way over to the pits dual fuel cans and hands intent of burning the pond of human waste before the heat picked up and carried the burning stink smoke into the living areas after emptying the 40 liters of fuel into the trench he checked his pocket for the matches and realized he left them back in the store he pulled into cover he pulled to cover back over the pit so some numpty couldn't fall in and made his way to retrieve the matches meanwhile a young paratrooper having just woken up decided to make a visit to the facilities to make some room for his breakfast as he sat there and did his business he decided to spark up a cigarette <laughs> and enjoy a moment of peace once the cigarette was spent he with nowhere to throw it throw the butt he tossed it in between his legs and into the shit fuel below Immediately, a mushroom cloud of flame engulfed his tender parts, as well as a, a sprouting from the other five seat holes in the makeshift toilet, sent him sprawling across the desert sand, much to the amusement of not only the sergeant on his way back to the matches, but a handful of blokes walking over to the facility. Needless to say, he has some fairly seriously burns and spent the next few hours arse up in the medic tent, waiting for a hella evacuation to the hospital in Kuwait. This wasn't the first time the curse of this shit pit had struck. A few weeks earlier, we had a really heavy sandstorm one evening. You couldn't see your hand in front of you, and that was bad. Add that to a pitch black of night, and you were blind. One of the fe uh, female attachments, a clerk or military police, I don't remember which, suffering from a bit of dicky stomach, decided she obviously couldn't wait for the storm to subs subside and tried to weather the storm and see if she could find a shitter. She found it all right face first as she fell into the open end of the trench 
filled chest deep in human weight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the storm lasted all night, and her screams weren't heard until the early hours of the morning, around five hours later, at which point she had given up... Tr- <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, dude, it's like, I'm gagging. <laughs> <laughs> We've not had a Michael gagging moment in a while. This is a good one. I'm just thinking how gross this is. Uh, At which point she had given up trying to climb out of the (laughs) seven-foot deep pit. She was so traumatized that when she was dragged out of the Nurgle soup and her clothes burned, she was on the next flight home to good old Blighty. Cheers, fellas, and thanks for keeping us entertained. Oh, my goodness. No, thank you. Oh, my goodness. There's an illustration. Thank you for here. You go, Patreon supporters that are watching right now. That's what it. That's what it looks like, buddies. Hopefully that helps that's you. A, that's the shit pit. And then let me go ahead and scroll down. There you go. And yep, you just go ahead and poop in the pit. Yeah, he's, it's a hole. I couldn't imagine falling in there, man. That would ruin my life. Like chest deep <laughs> into like you just die at that you, point. I feel done. like. Like I feel like there's enough like hydrogen sulfide or something from that nasty waste in there to just murder you at that point. It's disgusting. Well, I sent you that, I sent you that safety report from work where the guy drowned in it in see? South America. Oh, oh man. No, I did uh, not see that safety report. It's not a good Yeah, one. remember he was climbing the, they had the big like mountain of oh. shit that they put all the tarps over and then they put the methane pipes down, like put, like put the pipes down in it to capture all the methane. And something was fucked up at the collector at the top, and he was climbing up the side of it, and the tarp busted, and he went through into like the soft mountain of shit and drowned in it, and died, <laughs> to literally Why? drown in shit. Oh, what do you have to do? Like, <laughs> like you know, like, God just need another farmer. Like, God need another <laughs> methane, methane harvester. <laughs> God dang. Oh. Ugh. That's a way to go, though. Drowned is drowning shit. That's a new way of dying that I never thought was even possible. To be honest with you, I know oh, yeah. I've told that story on this podcast like twice. I've I've, I've clearly never heard that one because oh man, man, it's in my throat. I feel it. <laughs> it was in his too, and it never left. That's why he's no uh, longer with us. God, his lungs filled with all that shit, and it just like yep. crushed. Ah, uh. I just could imagine the smell, man. I just could not imagine the smell. Well, the worst is the coroner report. They do the autopsy and they cut the lung open. And it's just like putrid shit rolls out, and they're like, "Yep, that's what killed him." <laughs> yep, that's what it is. There's there's poop in there. That's supposed there's to be poop. air. <laughs> there's poop in his lungs. That's not supposed to be in there. Open and shut case, boys. <laughs> That's not supposed to be in there. We uh, solve the mystery on that one. <laughs> anyway, this next one comes from Andrew, powerful Andrew Carson. Uh, it says, hi, guys. So my small community of us 30K elitist have finally gotten Zomortalis. So I thought, what a good time to do a Word Bear Zomortalis list. And so he sent us a Zomortalis list. Uh, I'm looking for 1,000 points. I like Goral Vorback and Dreadnoughts. Anyway, so it's right. Story time. So this one's one this one is about my old man how my old man broke his neck. So one night he was down at the pub getting pretty drunk and his mate offered him a ride on the back of his motorbike home. Well the cop showed up behind them and their smart idea was to go up 
into the forestry our small town is built in front of. Anyway, as they were going up the tracks, my dad fell off and broke his back. Luckily, luckily to not be paralyzed. Also, now here's the kicker. When this happened, my dad lived about five houses down from the pub. So that was a dumb idea. <laughs> Thanks for the awesome podcast, guys. It's Day Hard for Heresy. Nice. <laughs> so funny. I thought it was going to be like, now here's the kicker. When the ambulance came to pick them up, <laughs> they were sent away. <laughs> <laughs> they went to load them up. And they, the Barbie guys them told them to fuck off. And... <laughs> <laughs> for real. Oh, fantastic. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so Jen says, Mike, heard you mention several times that you were using Pop Goes the Monkey shoulder pads on Imperial Fist. I would too, but they got cease and desisted, and the pads have now. Don't do it for me. What are you doing with the normal plastic over and under shoulder pad pieces if you're not using them? Oh, okay. Well, that's a personal <laughs> message. This was a personal message to buy my shoulder pads. So, yeah, we'll look. Yep. She's fucking decals, <laughs> you goddamn savages. Well, no, he's looking for my old, not used pads. Like, not to. Yeah, he, he wants those pads to. Yeah, he wants the decal. On. He wants the decal pads. Good. So, so, yeah, that is going to be it for emails. We got this one. This guy wanted to know about if we're doing Heresy Camp next year, even though we haven't even done this one this year. Not if you don't buy tickets. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> not if you fucks don't show up this year or not, but, you know. <laughs> uh, we would absolutely love to. Like That's just the bottom line. Like I'm already excited for this year's. I'm excited to meet everybody. I'm excited for everybody to come down. Uh, I will say, though, if we don't get the showing that, you know, Everybody was super hyped for. Everybody super hyped for. Then, you know, I don't know. Fiscally would not be able to hold it next year. We have enough coming this year to hold it. Yeah, didn't we have like a poll at one time? Like, would you like to see Heresy Camp? I got like 400 yeses. And we've <laughs> sold like 70 tickets. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on, people. Get, get your A game in there, people. Well, all 70 of us are going to have I mean, a fantastic time. Yeah, I mean, 70 tickets ain't nothing to fucking sneeze at. But come on. <laughs> Let's fill it up, boys. At least everybody's going to have a spare bed. It's so much more room for activity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Heresy Camp 2019, man. If it happens, it happens. We got get, to get, get, get the slogan. Let's get to... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. If we get to 2018, man. We got to get through that first. So. That's it, man. That's it for emails. Like... It's going to be such a unique event, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm just looking forward to hanging out with everybody. And fishing. I'm looking forward to fishing. I know it doesn't seem like a really... I I know it doesn't seem like a really, like, big thing to be excited for, but, like, you really get to know somebody when you're fishing next to them, and you really get in those deep conversations. And then, like, when they start... And then when they're not looking, you get your dick out, and then... Oh, sorry. Is that (laughs) not what we're talking about? And they just, Absolutely. They, then you just act surprised, like, oh, Jesus, that's just, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought when you said, would you help me bait the hook, you meant. <laughs> no, that's cool, that's cool. I thought when you said if you could help me with my tackle. Oh, that's fine. We don't have to do that. Uh, you want another I mean, beer? Like... <laughs> let's, just, let's just forget that happened. I'm, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. I mean, unless you're into it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally not cool, right? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fishing with Uncle Michael, boys. <laughs> You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> fucking put that in there. Uh, Uncle Michael makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, forgot what I was gonna say. Goddamn. Uncle Mike's cool, but Uncle Michael, you gotta worry about. <laughs> oh man, that uh, that got I, dark. To lighten this up a little bit, one of the guys I used to work with was uh. He would talk about his favorite kind of fishing where you go out, you know, you make sure you got, you know, the ice chest full, you know, drinks, stuff like that. Go out there with, like comfortable chairs out on the pier or maybe you're in a boat, you know, what have you. And then you get out there, you get on the water, realize you forgot the rods and <laughs> bait and so you just hang out and drink. Yeah. So you're just on a boat drinking. Some, some quality fishing. Quality boating. <laughs> no. Yeah. I like fishing, man. I like fishing with other people. I like fishing with my friends. So fishing with people that I get to meet for the first time or have talked to a bunch and like the internets and then going like to hang out with them and have a good time. And I'm super looking forward to that. Some environmentally friendly Cause, cause filet and release. When they catch stuff, like it's like you caught something. Like it's like a good time. You get to watch them fight these reds. Oh my goodness. Rockport has great fishing, boys. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, if y'all never caught a redfish, you're in for some luck. Cause, that is the truth. Yeah. It's a good time. Redfish is a good time. Also known as a red drum. Go look it up. They can get up to like 60 inches. Like they're massive yeah, ass they fish. they don't fuck around. And uh, you can catch what's called a bull red, which is most likely a female red. And they're just humongous fish that you just like, they just show up like as close to the pier. Like you can catch them like off the beach if you want. And they're predatory fish. So they fight you like insane. Actually, it's probably something we need to look into is like, I know <laughs> you can get a license for like a visitor, like a fishing license for a visitor. But I don't know. Probably need to look into fishing license. Not think about That'd it. be a good thing to look up sooner rather than later. Yeah, I have a, I have a, a contact that's going to go talk to the mayor of Rockport about taking some, care of us for Harrison Camp. So nice. We'll see. Anyway, that's it for emails, dude. We're done with emails. It's all over. We don't got any more. Done. Emails. All right. So let's knock out these list boys. List boys. How yeah, about a little snizzy snipes? Some lizzy lists? So the first list comes from John. This is that world eater list we were talking about. It says, hello, I've been trying to get into heresy for a while now. I got back into 40K in 7th edition, last played 3rd, and was dismayed at what formations and other changes had done to the game. You know, I feel like that's kind of like... The story? That's the story, man. That's like that's what happened to everybody. Like, it's just such shit. I finally settled on world eaters because I love the color scheme. I've not managed to actually play a game yet as I'm a slow painter and modeler, but I haven't bought a load of kits and I'm planning my list and checking it twice. Could you please give me some feedback for the list below, a.k.a. the list is called Carn Boys. Carn's Boys? Carn Boys. And some recommendations on how to fill it out to 3,000 points. I've listened to enough of your shows to know what pre- that preachers aren't great, but I love them too much and spent too much on them to not use them. That's fair. That's fair. So his list looks like Karn the Bloody. He's taking Gore Child. Uh, he's taking an Apothecary Detachment. Two of the Apothecaries have Artificer Armor. The third one has a Jump Pack. Uh, looks like he's taking a Contemptor Cortis Dreadnought Talon. He's got a Contemptor Cortis with Carry's Pattern Assault Weapon Cannon and a Dreadnought Close Combat Weapon with a Twin Link Bolter inside of it. And he's got a Cortis Dreadnought with Extra Armor, a Havoc Launcher. Oh, no. And, yeah, Extra Armor, Havoc Launcher, with a Dreadnought Chain Fist and a Dreadnought Close Combat Weapon with Twin Link Bolter. Then he's got a... Yeah, it's two Cortis, one with the carries, one with the 
the uh, Chain Fist, and they both have the extra armor and Havoc Launcher. Well, what's going on with this one with the Carries Pattern Assault Cannon and the Carries Pattern Assault Cannon? It's, got it's dual carries. Yeah. So there's three Cortis. Yeah, I didn't, I yes. didn't look far enough to okay. see that so one. Okay, so it's three Cortis. One is like Assault Cannon, Close Combat Weapon. Yep. The second one is Chain Fist, Close Combat Weapon. Yep. And the third one's Dual Carries. It sounds like he had three Kalth boxes that he made three Cortis Contemptors out of. Yeah. Very cool. So anyway, in the Troops Choice, he has a 20-man Assault Squad with Combat Shield Melts Bombs. Uh, then he has a Assault Sergeant with Artificer Armor and a Power Fist. Uh, and then his Breacher Siege Squad has 18 dudes running around two of them have flamers one have a melted gun and the breacher sergeant has artificer armor and a power fist so breacher squad doing what walking forward i feel it uh then he's got a 20-man tactical squad they have combat blades with additional chain swords uh standard war gear bolters uh then they have the sergeant has artificer armor melted bombs and combi and power fist and he's got a combi flamer why? I don't know. This gets a good time. Then he's got a Storm Eagle Assault Gunship with Missile Launcher and Twin Link Glass Cannons and a Vengeance Launcher. And then he's got a Spartan Assault Tank with Armored Ceramite, Flare Shield, Quad Last Cannon Sponsons, and Twin Link Heavy Bolter. And he's running the Right of War Berserker Assault. Then he gave us a full list of models he had. Uh, the Tactical Marines go in the Spartan with Karn and an Apothecary. The Breachers go in the Storm Eagle with an Apothecary. I am okay with buying other models, but I'd like to use the Breachers and Assault Marines. And Karn, for sure. Uh, thanks for your time and all you guys do to make the hobby a better place. So what you do, right? Alright. <clears throat> so, I followed his request. That's what I did. Oh, hang on. Let me get it back. Alright. So, for HQ... I have Karn, the bloody, with Gorchild, because he's pointless without it. Um, and he has the right of war, Berserker Assault. And then for troops, I took, for the first troops choice, I took a 14-man Assault Marine Squad. Uh, all of them have changed their chain swords for chain axes. Uh, two of the 14 have power weapons. You can, I would do axes. Uh... The sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon, and then the entire unit has melt bombs. Um, for the second troops choice, I took the twenty-man tactical squad that he had already in his list. So power fist, artificer armor on the sergeant, and then just nineteen psychos with chain axes, uh, bolt pistol, and bolt gun. Um, for the third troops choice, I took a ten-man breacher squad. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor power fist and one guy has a flamer, one guy has a melt gun and then the entire unit has melt bombs and then they bought a dedicated land raider Phobos with dozer blade and armored ceramite then for the fourth and final troops choice I have another 10 man breacher squad um, this squad ha also has flamer, melt a gun, and the entire squad has melt bombs and the sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. So basically the exact same unit. This unit is going to go in a fast attack termite. So nice. these guys are going to go in a termite. Uh, for elites, 
I took an apothecary detachment with three apothecaries in it. The first apothecary has artificer armor chain axe. The second apothecary has artificer armor chain axe. And the third apothecary has chain axe and jump pack. So the jump pack one goes with the assault marines. Uh, the One of the ones on foot goes with the ten breachers that go into the termite because it holds 12. So it'll, it'll easily hold the 11-man squad. And then the last one goes with the 20-man tactical squad, which we'll get to what those go in in a minute. Uh, for the second elite choice, I have a Contemptor Dreadnought Talon with a single Contemptor Cordis Dreadnought. Uh, it's got a Carries Assault Cannon and then the Close Combat Weapon with a uh, Bolter in it. So basically just the one that comes in the Kalth box. Um, and it's in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. Then for Fast Attack, I have the Termite that I mentioned earlier, uh, five attack bikes. Um, all the attack bikes have been upgraded to have chain axes, and then all five attack bikes have multi-meltas and melt-a-bombs. Um, for the third and final fast attack slot, I have a Xiphon Pattern Interceptor with ground-tracking auguries. And then for the one and only heavy support slot, I have a Spartan with Armored Ceramite and Dozer Blade in which Karn, the Apothecary, and the 20 Tactical Marines go in. So if you look at this list, the Termite and the one Drop Pod, because they have different rules, the Termite will come in turn one, as will the Drop Pod with the Dreadnought, and then you're driving forward with the Spartan and the Land Raider, uh, one with Breachers in it, and one with the 20 Tacks with uh, Karn in it. And then the 14-man uh, Assault Marine Squad with the Pop Carry, so it's really a 15-man squad, is also jumping up and running at you as well. Sneaky peeding you. And all of this stuff gains hatred if it's not in your if it's as long as it's not in your deployment zone. So basically your termite and drop pod should immediately just hatred turn one. Bam. Well no, well, I the whole army doesn't it, you just have to not be in your own deployment zone to get hatred. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the bikes too. The bikes will be driving forward into your face as well. So the bikes the attack bikes, I talk about this with world leaders all the time, but imagine these attack bikes. So five attack bikes and world leaders because they gain they gain rage, right, Scott? Just for taking yep. the bloody whatever. Yes. So they're they're two attacks base, or sorry, they're three attacks base. Then they have dual close combat weapons, so they're four attacks. So then on the charge, they go to six attacks, and then these are have hatred. So they're going to be six attacks on Jesus. the charge with Hammer of Wrath. Um... Is that right? No, they're two. Sorry, they're two base. One for dual close combat. So they're five attacks piece on the charge. So they're going to be five attacks a piece on the charge at strength five with hatred, and then they ever all they also all have melta bombs and combi and multi meltas, and they're two combi bolters. They're beast. Yep. So that's what, Pretty 25 cool. attacks? Strength 5? 25 attacks, strength 5. And then you got your Hammer of Wrath in there too. I forgot about that. Bam. Whap, 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 whap. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, man. Pretty baller. Pretty baller. And then you got the Xiphon in there for anti-air and a little bit more anti-tank since you're a little light on the anti-tank. Which I found out this weekend that the Xiphon is not terrible at anti-air or anti-tank. It's not terrible. It does good. No, as as it's you're... decent. It's good against medium and light armor. It's not great against armor 14. No, no. 
I got my Omega taken out by one. It was showing side armor. Came in. He went yep. box two and fired that little missile launcher points missile launcher D three whole D three picked the highest. Rough. Yeah. So very cool list, right? Dig it. Dig it. What I, do you I think, Scott? Seen... You play World Eaters? I like it, man. And I think the attack bikes are like the sleeper, really good part of that. You know, that is a really good loadout. And that's a unit that can threaten a lot of shit. I mean, with the multi-meltas, multi-bombs, and then the volume of attacks. Yep, and it's fast. Um, so the nice thing about that with the melt... like, So that's the thing. Your anti-tank in this list comes from the two breacher squads loaded with melt-bombs, and then the attack bikes loaded with melt-bombs, and then the assault marines loaded with melt-bombs. And then How do you all, th- the only range... Oh, sorry. Oh, and the Cordis. The only ranged anti-tank you really have is the Xiphon and the Spartan. And the five multi-meltas on the attack bikes. How do you think a dude loaded out with Butcher's Nails would ride in a attack bike? Standing up. I feel like they'd be standing, right? Like, definitely not seat belted in. Like, you could definitely not be the passenger. He'd be leaning over the side with his axe. I feel like that's how... And, like, like, he'd be controlling the multi-melter with one hand. And then, like... Axe in the other hand. Just trying to see like how he would ride side side not saddle. Not carefully, not <laughs> carefully. No, not Ocho approved for sure. No, Do you think he'd stay no. in the bike? I don't know. I don't know. like. I feel like it'd be hard for him to stay in the bike. Once combat broke out, you definitely have to consolidate him back into the bike seat. Because uh, well, the start the actual corn fluff. If you read it, it's just like murder, carnage, and bloodshed. It doesn't have to be close combat. They do favor close combat, but they also just favor blasting people apart with, with just big guns and shit. Where it just like gives them like in Quake, like it describes that in the fluff too. So it's just like bloodshed and murder by any means. So just like, driving people, running people over with your bike, fucking blasting them apart at close range with bolt pistols and bolters and combi bolters and multi melters. I don't give a shit. Big loud guns. Just putting chains and spikes on your tires and peeling out on people's faces. Yeah. That's cool. There's an episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead where the Oldsmobile gets possessed. That's what I imagine it. You guys seen that? It's fucking so great. (laughs) No, I have not seen it. Have you seen it, Scott? You're giggling. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. You guys should watch that on fucking youtube right now <laughs> i will i will in a minute well, so last list on our list here our last list in our email comes from john it says good evening ryan good evening ryan good evening ryan i know you have a lot on your plate but i'm hoping you can send a little of that list making magic my way i've started working on a thousand suns army and i've looked through the list you've previously made but none of them seem to be go to go what I'm looking for. I want to make. Why a list. is he British? Do we know, know that he's British? Not he's. No, no. He's just not. British in your head. That's just, that's just the voice he's doing. Yeah, you get what you get. How do we know he's not from Central Canada? He could be. Anyway, go ahead. I want to make a list that looks good on the table, but still strong enough to give my opponent a good game. <laughs> it's, only, it's only got more British. <laughs> Just fucking read it. I can't take it. Just read it. I suck at the latter part. I figure my end goal would be 2,500 to 3,000 points. With Magnus in there at some point. I would like the army to be based around when the Legion defended Prospero when it was attacked. 
I don't have a models, a lot of models yet, so feel free to have a little fun with it. I would like to have one or two Castlex Archaea Automata in the list, mostly because I really like the models. The models I do currently have are Aramon, Amon, Thousand Suns Praetor in Cataphracty Armor, 10 Tactical Marines, 10 Rotor Cannons, 2 Apothecaries, 5 Sekhmet in Cataphracty Armor, of course, Legion Tribune in Tartarus Armor, and a Primaris Medicae in Cataphracty Armor. I don't carry the way if you make the character models as themselves or just take them as basic characters and tool them up. Again, I bought them because I like your models. If you need any more information, I'd be glad to respond. Thanks again, John. All right, Ryan, what'd you do? <laughs> that was painful to listen to. I'm sorry for all of our listeners. I apologize. Um, I'm not actually in the same room with Michael to physically grab him, so I had to suffer through that with everyone else. Single-handedly the most offensive thing we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. We just lost half our British listener base. <laughs> I think it was a fantastic accent for Mr. Rhodes. <laughs> so, go ahead, Ryan. What'd you do? Yeah. Um. So he wanted a list of when the Thousand Sons were defending Prospero. So, when that jumps into my head, I think of like larger infantry formations. Some of on some, a lot of them on foot. Um, not really a lot of armor or things like that. Like if you read the novel, they're like all lumped up in like infantry formations, and they're all kind of standing their ground. And as the space wolves attack, they get pushed further and further into the city and kind of get clumped together. And um, as things happen, they have like fast response units that are moving from one part of the city to the other to support uh, it, the like other places if somebody breaks through or whatever. Yeah, so had no time to do jack off. Yeah, like nothing. Like they got right because totally Magnus surprised. didn't tell them even though we knew and all that stuff. So I wanted a lot of like things that basically started. On, I had to look to try to make an effective army that didn't have a lot of transports in it. And then the things that did go in transports or were vehicles, I wanted to make them outflank if I could or have some type of special deployment where they're, like, coming in from the board edges to represent, like, them coming in from other battle zones to support the main, uh, like, where there's a breakthrough happening. So let me read through what I got and then I'll explain how the actual list works because it's not like readily apparent when you first see it on paper. So for the HQ, I have Azik Araman. Um, and then he's the, the compulsory HQ. And then for Lord of War, I have Magnus the Red. And Magnus is taking the Axis of Dissolution right of war. Um, did you want to look that up real quick, Michael? All right, got it. Axis Dissolution, page yep. 212 on Inferno, Book Inferno. Yep, so read the read the perks for this. Uh, so the Axis of Dissolution gives you the Alembic of Adamant. Models with this Legion of Stars Thousands on Special Rule that are part of the force using this Rite of War automatically pass any morale checks or pinning tests they are called on to make if they're within six inches of an objective when the test is taken. Uh, gives okay, it the cost. hang on, okay. stop there. Good. Stop there. So, to me, that really represents, like, this battle where they're getting pushed into the city center and they have to stand resolute and hold their ground. So I felt like that really fit with the fluff that he was trying to portray. That particular part of this right of war. Okay. 
The next one is now, the go ahead. of Grace, which means models with the Legion Stardust Thousand Sun Special Rule that are part of the Force using this Rite of War may fire Overwatch at Ballistic Skill 2 instead of 1. Once again, it's a very defensive ability, like taking charge and being like on your game and like fighting tooth and nail for every piece of ground. I felt like this fit perfect for them trying to hold the city against the Space Wolves. Okay. And the last one is a transition of vitriol. You may re-roll, fail to hit into wound rolls for models with the Legion of Stars Thousand Sun Special Rule that are part of the force using this route of war against enemy models which are falling back. So You're going to have some more bodily, bodily functions there? Can we go on with the podcast? Oh, yeah, we're good. Hiccups. <laughs> you, you okay there, boy? That was it. That was it. So, anyway, I don't know how... I mean, what you guys feel, but like when I read this right of war and the benefits, to me, it pretty much perfectly represented how that goes down in the books and like them fighting in that battle. It's almost like they wrote this right of war thinking about that, in my opinion. So yeah, even the, that's even kind the of, that's, limitations that troop choices have to be at full size and then they can't yep. take more vehicles of tank and flyer than any other type of infantry. It sounds like they're yep. getting attacked on Inferno. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of why I went with this. Or Prospera. So, Tiska. Tiska. So anyway, so I got Magnus as the Lord of War taking that right of war, and then Araman is the compulsory HQ. Uh, for troops, I have the first troop choice is 10 Sekhmet Terminators. Um, they're obviously in Cataphracty because that's the obviously. models he owns. Um, so you may consider on the list, <laughs> look at Michael's cat. On the list that I wrote for him, I gave them Kaldar Kalna Pyre, so they would still just be 2-up, 4-up, because I feel like 2-up, 3-up is pretty douchebag, and I think most people feel that way. Um, that being said, if you you can kind of adjust it to your opponent, I guess. So if you're playing like you know something that's equally harsh, you could always just say that they're the... Uh, what is it? The other one. I got it in here somewhere. Court of the Crimson King? But not Pavoni. No, the fucking... Uh, yeah, I don't remember their little cult names. It's the one that's telekinesis that gives you plus one to your invul save. But anyway, so it's ten segment Terminators and Cataphracty. Uh, four of them have Chain Fist. The other ones just have their force weapons. You can give them a mix of whatever force weapons you want. Um, so the second troop's choice is 20 Tactical Marines, because remember you got to take everything in the... The uh, Mac squad. Oh, by the way, the Sekhmet Terminators are troops because Magnus allows them to be taken as troops. So that's why they're a troops choice. Um, and they're maxed out at 10. So the, the second troops choice uh, is 20 tactical marines. Um, they all have bolter, bolt pistol, and chainsword. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon. The third and final troops choice is a 10-man tactical support squad. All ten guys have rotor cannons upgraded to asphyx shells um, because he owns the models. And we'll, this people are going to laugh and go, oh, oh, rotor cannons. We'll get to it. We'll come back to it. And I'll tell you why this particular army, uh, Thousand Sons, can actually use the rotor cannons. And they're actually pretty fucking scary. Um, for elites, I have an apothecary detachment with two apothecaries in it. Uh, both of them have artificer armor and augury scanner. One of them will go with the 20 Tactical Marines, and one of them will go with the 10 Tactical Support Marines with Rotor Cannons. For the second Elite's choice, I have a 10-man Marksman Vet Squad. 
uh, two of the guys in the squad have power weapons. The sergeant also has artificer armor and a power weapon, and the entire unit has melt bombs. Um, and they're in a rhino with a pinnel mounted multi melter. For fast attack, I have three javelins. Uh, all three of them have twin linked uh, cyclone missile launcher and pinnel mounted multi melter. In this particular list, I'm running them as separate individual fast attack choices just so they don't have to be squadron, but you can squadron them if you wanted to. Like later on, if you added the list and needed to another fast attack, you can put them all in one unit or run them separate, whatever you want. For heavy support, I have a Spartan with armored ceramite and dozer blade. This is where the tactical... Well, we'll get to what goes in in a minute. And then for the second heavy support slot, I have three Castellax Archaea Battle Automata. So, if you look at the models he owns and what he wanted in the list, I included everything. I put the Castellax in here that he wanted. I put the rotor cannons in here that he wanted because he liked the model and he owns. Uh, I put his Sekhmet in here. I put the tactical marines that he has in here. I put Armon in here. So, all that's in here. Um... So the way this is going to work, you're going to start the Sekhmet on the board, and because they can choose their powers, you'll just choose Levitate to move them around so they don't really need to transport. And you can keep them spread out, max spread out if you want, so it's not like they're real susceptible to blast or templates or anything like that because they can just fly around. They'll basically move six and then move another 12. Um, and they're, they're two up, four up with two wounds, or two up, three up with two wounds, depending on what you want to do. And their combi bolters have shredding ammo because they just come with it. So their shooting's not terribly bad. And then you can just set them up. Like you, you basically can move them, fly them forward 12. They're already 18 inches up the board. And then turn two, move them six, and then assault 2d6. So it's really no different than packing them in a land raider or Spartan as far as like movement, really. So it's not bad, it's um, even without a transfer. Yeah. Um, so the 20 tacticals, the apothecary and Magnus will go in the Spartan. So they can get up the board, uh, quick if you need them to. The Castellax will be walking around. Uh, they're fine. They're like, they're a really good shooting unit. They're also good in close combat, so they can kind of stomp forward. Um, the veterans and your three javelins will be your, those outflanking quick response units that I was talking about because they all outflank. So they would be like coming in from other uh, sectors, like we talked about, like as the main force gets pressed. And your rotor cannons, I would put Aramon with these guys, um, with the other apothecary, and I would start them like right at the front of your deployment zone and just walk them forward until they get in a good position and then just stand and shoot things. But the reason they're good is so they're salvo. So you can still move and fire them. They just get less shots, and they have their range. But once you get into position, um, they can shoot a bunch. Well, Aramon, because he knows all of Divination, can make them all twin-linked, so they'll be re-rolling to hit. Um, and then he can throw down uh, the one power where you cast it on an enemy unit, and all attacks that hit that enemy unit have the rending special rule. Misfortune. Misfortune. So... They'll basically that you can you can give them rending and then because they have asphyx ammo you reroll to wound, so you're essentially rerolling to hit, rerolling to wound, and all your shots will be rending, and then you can also cast uh, forewarning on there where they Overwatch at full ballistic skill, and then even if you don't have that on, they're still Overwatch at uh, 
BS2 because of your right of war. Fuck. So dumb. What <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>, for real? <laughs> so Sorry, it's pretty good. Yeah. So and the 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 apothecary in there is going to give him feel no pain, and then you got arm and the tank, and then he can have precog where he's getting a two plus rerollable save with feel no pain on it. So it's going to be fucking hard to kill them, especially if they're stuck in ruins or whatever. And then, um, so so that's pretty decent. That's like a decent strategy there. And then the apothecary has an augury scanner. So if you try to deep strike in next to him, they can fucking. Well, no, because it, it says uh, rapid fire or heavy. And I believe they're salvo. Yeah, so would, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Per, so the augury scanner just prevents them from. Uh, Infiltrating on you. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the, the 20 tacticals with Magnus, people, like, that seems like a weird bodyguard choice for the Primar, but Magnus is so fucking strong. Like, the 20 tac marines are basically just the blade wounds for him. And then because they have the additional close combat weapon, they'll still be charging out of a Spartan. There's still a shitload of attacks. Um, and they... Um, so they're not bad, especially with Magnus in there. And then if you go... Because he can know like any psychic powers doesn't like a lot of people go biomancy so you can put endurance on these guys so they're a four up fucking involved you can put fire shield on them or they're a four up cover save in the open like there's there's all kinds of stuff plus I made them uh, pyre so they have a hammer of wrath so when they charge out of the Spartan they're going to be twenty hammer of wrath attacks and then three attacks per guy afterwards so they're it's not like they're shit and then like I said Magnus is in there swinging at you on top of it and then you got uh an apothecary in there to give them all feel no pain anyway, even if you don't go biomancy. Um, then you, what like is, I said, you got the segment through 60 attacks. Like what is like, what is making it through those initial attacks and like 60 attacks. And then plus on top of that, you've got what? 20 hammer of wrath attacks. So it's like 80. Yeah. Attacks well, everybody that gets in base to base gets hammer of wrath. Yeah. <laughs> it's decent. Like I said, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Honestly. Um, but anyway, I feel like this is a fun list. It's got a lot of variety in it, and I think it really fits the the fluff well. So like I said, the the tactical support marines, the sec met will just start on the board outside of transports. The tax support guys will just move forward a couple turns till they get a position and then just start laying down fire. Um, the sec met will levitate around, and then the Spartan will drive forward with Magnus and the fucking 20 tactical dudes. And then as the game goes on, your veterans and javelins will start coming in. And your Castellax will also like walk forward with those uh, rotor cannon guys and kind of be a close combat bodyguard for them. If somebody tries to assault them, they should be able to hold out at least one good turn with Armin in there and his psychic support. And then uh, the Castellax can get over and clean up. I dig it, man. It is very, very defense of Prospero theme or defense of Tizka theme. Yeah, and I mean, it still has Sekhmet and Magnus, and, like, I broke... My normal rule for Thousand Sons is, fuck it, don't go over eight Psychic Master level, but it's pretty much impossible. Like, you put Magnus and Arm on a list, you're already at nine. So, <laughs> it fucking... Well. It is what it is. So, this has Armin, uh Magnus, and then the Sekhmet. So, it's only three Psychic units, um, but they're all multiple Master level. Still kind of wondering how uh, Prospero fell, but I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Yeah, 
But I, I think this was a that shit would have been going on. I'd be like, I'm gonna get back in my space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think this was a deceptively like good list. Like I feel like if you learn how to play this list, you'd surprise a lot of people just because it you know it only has the one or it has the two dedicated transports in it, one Rhino, one Spartan, which doesn't look like a lot. And then you just have a bunch of like dudes on foot. People be like, "What the fuck?" But then you realize, you quickly realize that, you know, you got dudes that are levitating, dudes that shoot really far, <laughs> a whole bunch of times, uh, psychic powers being swung around. Yeah, you see yeah. that? Yeah, a lot of people can't do that. <laughs> you see how um, I'm not actually on the ground? Yeah, a lot of people can't do that. <laughs> Most people, in fact. <laughs> and there's there's nothing stopping you. What the other crazy thing is, like uh, Aramon. And Magnus aren't necessarily tied to the units that I assigned them to. So you could stick Magnus in with the fucking Sekhmet and levitate him around with them. You could put Armin with Magnus with the Sekhmet or Armin with Magnus in the Spartan. Like, you can mix things up. You could put Armin with the Sekhmet. You can, there's all kinds of ways to mix it up, try different combos to do different shit. <laughs> Poor Space Wolves. How the fuck am I supposed to fight with them floating around like the goddamn Ghost of Christmas Past? (laughs) Well, and just remember that that one psychic power that I was talking about with uh, Armin making all attacks against the enemy unit rending, that's not just his unit. That's literally any attacks that hit the enemy unit count as rending. So that big um, tactical blob that we were talking about with with all the Hammer of Wrath and all the attacks... You can throw that on an... It's a 24-inch range psychic power, so throw that on someone and then charge out of the Spartan with all those fucking tacticals and watch your opponent realize that they're getting hit with 20 rending Hammer of Wrath that hits and then have to suffer through 60 fucking rending chainsword attacks all at initiative. Well, the Hammer of Wrath goes off at I-10 and then the chainsword attacks go off at I-4. How dare you? My goodness. <laughs> Dude, for real. Like That's like, like that movie Prince of Persia. Like, where he just, like, time slows down, and... Oh, man. It's rude. What happened to my Viraga Terminators? So even though it just has a lot of bolter fire, like the Sekmets, but the Sekmets have the reroll to wound ammo, um, and so do the rotor cannons. So once you throw that rending psychic power on something, you can just shoot the fuck out of it with Sekmet, all your bolter marines, all that, because it's all rending. It's that unit. So even if they have, like, a giant Terminator Death Star throw that power on it, and then just shoot it with your tons of bolter shots, and it's all going to be rending. Yeah, then they had a tiny, giant Terminator unit Death Star. Then they have a much smaller well, Terminator Death and Star. Because it's 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 not like Sniper, like people think like Vets, are, because Vets just become AP2. They're not actual real rending. Don't forget that rending against armor is an extra D3. So even a lowly bolt gun can can glance armor 13 with rending. So you can, like, with your big 20-man blob and Sekhmet and all that shit, I mean, you can literally just shoot apart Predator squadrons. Like, if you get inside Ark, they're fucked. Like, you're just going to shoot apart a whole squadron of Predators with fucking bolt guns. <laughs> Sorry, Sakarin. You should have looked at me like that. Brat. That's rude. Yeah. Wild list, Ryan. Scary list. Um, I've never seen you delve too much into psychic powers, but uh, when you do, it's kind of scary. It's a little worrisome. Yep. Well, they're there. It's why I don't play my word bearers anymore. You can ask God about that. Yeah, man. Fuck those things. I'm not a fan. 
fucking die fucking psychic powers right here. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? I get to play Lorgar and I get to choose psychic powers? Yeah, this will end well. And all my friends were like, we're not playing that anymore, Ryan. You're going to have to put that away. And That's I haven't played terrifying. that army. <laughs> I haven't played that army in two years. <laughs> That's how I feel like this army would go down. But. I remember people always being like, oh, Logar is like such a terrible Primark and blah, 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 blah. And my only experience with him is playing against you. And I was like, oh, oh you motherfuckers. You just don't even know. <laughs> Shut your before, before Magnus came out, I honestly felt like uh, Lorgar was the best Primark. Like, uh, not like, I meant like just in game, like rules wise. I felt like he was the best before Magnus came out. But now OP Magnus is out. OPP. And he's OP. But anyway, so that's it for list, boys. That's going to be it for this episode, even. So, yep. appreciate all you uh, Patreon subscribers who hung on with us in the live feed there. We got some, got to see some live live feedback on the show. If you, too, want to become a Patreon subscriber and watch our shows live, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Radio Free Van and uh, get into the live chat, get into the uh, messenger crusader host that we have, and then we also have a closed group. Uh, as well, if you want to send in your list or send in any stories to us involving animals or shit or whatever this week is, uh, you can send it to Michael at Warmer30k.com, Ryan at Warmer30k.com, Scott at Warmer30k.com, or Derek at Warmer30k.com. Uh, as well, we do have a voicemail line, which people don't seem to be using anymore. They just seem to be sending stories, which is fine. Uh, that's going to be 209-RFI-30K-0. And as well, if you're an international listener, you can send us a voicemail to our emails, and we'll get it played on the air. Uh, other than that, man... I do not have any more to add. Uh, hopefully, at some point, we get to talk with Mark Raley from the Graying Legion about Nova. We need to get him in here. I'm working on getting all the painters for the painting episode part two. And then we need to get the World Eaters episode out and rolling. So we got some stuff planned for you guys. A lot of work coming up. We need to shout out the Michigan GT. Michigan GT. Yeah, man. When is that going down? I think it's October. It's the week, like, 12th, 13th, and 14th. It's in that neighborhood, definitely. But uh, <laughs> It's the second weekend of October, whenever yeah. that is. So that, that, that cart's live, too. So, and I know they don't... They're almost sold. sold out. It may yeah. actually be sold out by the time you hear this, but definitely check back. Like, last time we checked, I think there was, like, four spots left for the... Uh, for the the Friday event and then the Saturday Sunday narrative, I think there was like five spots left for traders and like four spots left for loyalists or vice versa, something like that. So October it's 12th, almost sold out. October twelfth to the fourteenth is going to be the Michigan GT. Yep, me and Scott will be there. Most of my game club will be there. I'll be running the Dark Age event, so I won't actually be over on the. I'll come over and check on you guys though. I did last year. I'd walked over there, um, checking that out. Uh, the guy who actually writes all the rules for Dark Age is coming uh, like he did last year, so I can kind of like walk away and just dump it running the event on the guy who actually <laughs> is the creator of the game. Nice. And then go, hey, I want to go check out this heresy game while you do your thing, because you know like ten times more about this than I do. So, 
Sorry. It's pretty <laughs> rad, too. We always talk about Heresy not getting FAQs. He FAQ'd two questions on the fucking spot last year during the tournament and actually uploaded it to the website on his smartphone right there at Bam. the event. We get it. The bar has been set. Brian Service with a smile. Ass. We get it. He He's is. awesome. He is. Uh, speaking Just of saying. events, guys, if you want to see me and Derek and the entire uh, Forgotten Legion and the Lone Star Legion, we're all going to Warzone Houston July 7th and 8th. Uh, go check that out, guys, if you're in the Houston area. Uh, we will all be making a showing at the narrative event called, oh, what the, Pathway to Terra. Pathway to Terra narrative event going on at Warzone Houston, July 7th and 8th. We'll be going there. It's going to oh, be yeah. a good time. So, but, anyway, that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm going to go eat, dude. I'm hungry. That's Make it. Sure don't, f- don't fall into a shit uh. pit. <laughs> dude, for What's real. Scott Avoid got? shit pits. Nothing. Scott's just gonna nothing. Uh, uh, he's just making noises. He's gonna make grunts. My master P fucking Master P. I haven't heard Master P's name in a long time. That's a fucking Mr. Ice Cream Man. (laughs) Anybody remember that song? No. No? Damn. Come on, someone out there. (laughs) I'm not big into hip hop. I know who Master P is. Isn't it? Wasn't he like really good at basketball? Like legit good? Uh, sure. He was. Anyway, I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know, man. I Maybe. thought he was like pretty, pretty high level play. Like, I like, think he, I think he almost got a, yeah, like, yeah, play us out. Well, that's that's just the fucking ice cream man song. <laughs> this is how this is how we get pulled for, for, for playing <laughs> copy but copyrighted. Oh man! God, Look at that ninety two cut. I haven't seen him back in nineteen ninety eight. That's a super dated video. I'm got a fresh pair of LA gears on. LA gears. Did they have lights in them? Lights in them. Yeah. That's so good. All right, guys, we're gonna cut some music. Not Master P, but. Probably can't see. Oh, real quick, real quick. I remember in the school we were at a fucking field trip one time, and this kid, the the whole school bus was open, even the emergency door in the back, and it was just like because it was a hot day, they had everything opened up, and it was just sitting there, and everybody was like eating their lunch. It was like an outdoor field trip thing, and everybody was eating their lunch around the bus, and these two kids got into it, and one was on the bus, and one was on the ground behind the bus, and the one that had the low ground was talking shit, which is a mistake. It's like the Anakin, I have the high ground, don't do it type. Like, yeah, fucking learn your lesson, son. So the guy on the ground is talking mad shit. So the dude in the bus, in his L.A. gears with lights on him, this is why this is relevant, goes <laughs> running down the aisle of the bus and grabs the fucking door frame above the door frame on the bus without a full run and throws his body out and double fucking heel mule kicks this kid in the ground in the face out of the back of this bus. Like straight fucking, like, John Woo movie style. <laughs> and this kid, like his fucking head cracks back and he went flying through the air. And the fucking lights on the LA gear went off. I'll never fucking forget that. Right when they That's made what contact. Happens, Dottie. Oh, his That's forehead. what happens. <laughs> Ryan's all nice. <laughs> yes. Laid that fool out. <laughs> Motherfucker got dealt yeah. with in style. I don't remember the guy that got kicked. The guy that did the kicking was 
his name was Josh Watson. So Josh, if you're out there listening, I remember when you <laughs> fucking kicked that fool right in the forehead with your LA gears <laughs> lights on him. It was down. fucking awesome. Fucking badass. <laughs> Put him on skates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that that kid's paralyzed. <laughs> they had to get an ambulance, God. and then they, they sent the ambulance. Some soldiers sent the ambulance away. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. Not not super okay. I hope he like pooped himself a little bit. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to kick some music. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> Bye. Same for them.